Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly D. Hey there, it is me, Dr. Fuck, with... Oh yeah, the hey. Ayatollah Alcohola. You're a cool dude. You're you're a cool dude, dude. I gotta ah, tell thank you. you. I gotta hand it to you, bro. You're an alright guy. Thank you. So is like everybody that's on our group. Well, oh, yeah? well, almost. Almost. Do we have any reviews? No, because they're Good. not that fucking cool. <laughs> Good. 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 We can get right into it then. Well, uh, before we get into that. Uh, I want to talk about this uh, little expo we got going on. Really? And we got we got a, a challenge thrown down today. What? A little uh, somebody dropped the gauntlet, if you will. Uh oh. Yes, I, w- I was listening to an episode of the Decimal Geek podcast. Oh, I love that podcast. Oh yeah, great great podcast. Yeah, they're and, awesome. Uh, and, and, oh, th- they've got an amazing new episode where they do check this out. News. Where'd oh. they get that idea? Oh, come on. No, come on. Let's, let's, <laughs> I'm cut, let's cut them I'm some stuff. No, man. They're okay. They're, it's okay for them to rip us off. No, no. They, 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 they are the best. They're and not. They're, they're a cool podcast. They're not a freaking podcast that, that right, rips us no. off. They're a cool podcast. No, they're an amazing podcast. Even though they Wait. never make me Geek of the Week, I still love them. Hey, and we didn't invent the news. We just perfected it. So anyway, they were talking about what we're going to be part of this awesome, great rock and pod expo dose. And uh, they said, hey, last year, this this little rock and metal combat podcast. Little? Oh, okay. Got, yeah, well, you know, we do have I, small I'm, penises. I'm paraphrasing. We have small <laughs> penises. That's why we're so angry. True. Uh, I, I, and I'm paraphrasing here, but they're like, hey, these guys got the most donations. And and, and and Decimal Geek has, shit, two or three times the listenership of, of our amazing show. And they're like, hey, you can't let this happen again. You cannot let Rock and Metal Combat Podcast win again. And we are already <laughs> the front runners. Yeah. But uh, I, I want to keep that. I want us to be the number one each year. And... I was I was glad to see a, a couple more people donate some great donations, but I let it be known last week like, hey, not everybody can afford what it costs to pick an episode. And, and trust me, I've looked at what the other shows are charging for their perks. We are by far the most affordable. Oh but really? Even, oh yes. Well, maybe oh. that's why we make the most money. Take note, guys. Make, yeah, well, cut down on the price, you'll make more money. Well, I've tried to say that, man. You know, it was especially a show like us. Yeah, but they don't respect you. Listen to me, Mr. Respectable here. That's right. You are the respectable. You know, I am the one that, you know, is a very, very delicate, opens doors for chicks. When when, 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 when I take a girl out for a ride, I open the door for them. You know why? Why? They lick my ass. Oh, great reason. Yeah. Much respect for ass lickers. Right. So, so listen to this a guy that gets his ass licked. I know maybe you guys don't like it. That's true. Hey, hey, maybe that's why you guys are so angry. 
I've been angry lately because I haven't had my ass licked in about three days. Oh, but anyway, lower the price. Do what, just do what Ian does. Forty for an episode. What is it? Eighty to guest on the show. And no, 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 six, sixty, forty to pick it, sixty to guest on it, and a hundred if you do an episode like you know this is something we don't want to do or it's something totally out of the wheelhouse, you know. But we also take other donate. I mean, if you can only afford five or ten, I mean, if every one of our listeners just did five or ten dollars, we could pay for this fucking expo by ourselves. You know, and we we don't ask for money. A lot of these other podcasts, uh, they charge money for all these extras that we give you for free. And if you can't afford it, you, you know, the, the high ones... Man, you can donate five or ten and help us achieve this awesome goal. And uh, that's, I'm, I'm really surprised we didn't see it, uh, those. And right now, Ralph is going to yell at you for not helping us achieve those goals. Ralph? Uh, okay, I'm about to yell at you guys because Ian told me to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you're ruining the whole facade. Hey, come on, we got to be honest with the listeners. I know, but it was an underhand softball. <laughs> Ian, Ian said, listen. People like me, but they respect you. So yell yeah. at them. I'm right. Okay. All right. Here, here I go. Here I'm going to get into character now. <clears throat> you cocksuckers. Listen up. <laughs> you motherfuckers. Yeah, he's you talking gotta... to you. I am telling you guys, you need to donate more. I want to give a shout out to Mr. Greg Barnes, who donated and is going to guest with us. I got to say, I've said in the last couple episodes... The, the ones that the fans are picking this year blow away last year's. And I respect everybody's what you pick because obviously it's important to you if you paid to pick it. But the ones that we're getting this year blow away last year's requests. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm loving the request. Oh, yeah. And the funny thing is, Rev broke down this year. He said, you know what? I'm not going to bitch about anything. I'm gonna do it, and and I'm being a hundred percent honest here. You have, you and you, you, yeah, you've kept and, that and, promise. And that, and that brings up an interesting point, Ian. And you're gonna yes. like what I'm about to say. Okay, notice, no. notice when I say, go ahead, throw me shit. I don't, I don't care. Now people will be, now people are like, oh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it now because I'm not gonna piss off Ralph. Listen, you fucking bitch. You piss me off. You donate a hundred bucks, and you fuck. I don't give a fuck the cure or faith no more. Whatever the fuck you fucking bitch. There you go. You like that one, Ian? I love it. All I right. Love it. They're, they're going to listen to that because they respect you. They respect me, but yet they want to piss me off. Go figure. <laughs> Man, if you can't do a 5 or $10 donation to this show that you love so much, I mean, give me a fucking break. Hey, hey, hey. relax, dude. I'm the one who's supposed to be yelling at them. Yeah, you're the, I, you're I, the funny, lovable guy. Yeah, I'm the funny, lovable guy, too. But I want to reiterate that uh, I, I, I am happy Hey, no, no big words. Okay. Uh, I'm very joyful uh, that even more people are talking about attending this year. And I will say this, no other podcast there is going to spend the time with you and give you the experience that we give. Just ask Scott Stein, Nate Atchison, TikTok Man, yep. John Lemire, the four that showed up for us last year, what they got. They got their fucking money's worth. I mean, we, we, Scott Stein slept with us for Christ's sake, and we slept with him. Yeah. Uh, you know, but we are, we are going to give you guys the experience and the time of your life, and I want to beat the shit out of Decibel Geek. And ooh, I, I, I'll tell you what, I love, I love Decibel Geek. No podcast has done more to help us out 
and do more and promote us and, and has turned us on to new listeners than Decibel Geek. And when when people people were calling for our heads last year in Nashville, they wanted us thrown off the stage. They wanted the mic cut. And Chris Sinzak said no. He said no fucking way. He goes, do you know what these guys raised for this fucking show? You let them do whatever the fuck they want to do. And, and he has so much respect for me. I mean, for not only the, the million other things he's done, but, but just for that alone. Because we chased motherfuckers out of that event. We scared people. We entertained people. We were the talk of that shit, be it good or bad. And we are going to fucking do it again. But I want to beat the shit out of Decibel Geek because they have fucking so many more listeners than we do. But I want I want to show who has the best listeners, and that's the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. So even if you can't make it, if you can't afford your own episode or the guest or, you know, to pick something that, you know, Ralph's probably going to kick you off the fucking Facebook page for, fucking five or ten dollars goes a long way. If all you casual fans did that, I wouldn't have to beg you every week like I do now. But I'm being nice. Ralph is going to really fuck you up if you don't do it. That's right. right. And I got a little thing to tell Sizzler, if you don't mind. Go ahead. Uh, and, and please remind Sizzler uh, that I'm going to say this so you can listen. Okay. If, if you plan on having live acts at the show, please, I beg you, uh, add black hair on to the to the bill yes yes because uh, uh, they want to come and play it uh, whether you can give the big donation or the little donation it all adds up keep us fucking number one man because how awesome is that 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 we are the smaller show but we have the best fans man that to me would mean that means more than numbers and you know what a numbers whore i am i really want to call out these other podcasts that are showing up because, you know, we kind of got the cold. Not, but, uh, hey, there was a lot of other podcasts that love us. We're very, I mean, the great Ken Mills and his 57 podcasts. Very sweet. There were some other great, you know, uh, talk, talk to me. Talk to me is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh Toomey had me on the show. A lot of fun. Uh, but we kind of did get the cold shoulder and not uh, some respect that I, I really felt we deserved just for what we did for the expo alone. Well, I got I to gotta be honest with you, Ian. It's not that I gave them cold shoulder. I didn't really mingle with many people. I only ming- I mingled with Talk To Me, but in his defense, he came up to me. So I'm kind of a douche. I gotta. I'm gonna be very friendly to everybody this this year. <laughs> well, well, you, well, you were you were buying all the awesome. Uh, well, that's vinyl true. that I, was there. Yeah, you gotta excuse me. I get mesmerized by vinyl, so it wasn't I was ignoring you. Is that the? It's blame it on the vinyl. He's like, hey, coattail rider, you sit here and meet the people, and nobody came up. <laughs> but uh, but I, I want to change that. I want to see more of you guys. All you guys that we talk to online. And, you know, over the last couple weeks, we've gotten some amazing uh, stories from the listeners saying how much this show means to them. And, and, and we've got a lot of you know, private messages and stuff online how we've helped people and it's really taken me back through some hard shit. We've helped them laugh again. And, and, and oh, told- man. And, and w- did you see the recent message? Like a guy was like his wife was dying. Yes. And yes. We, we, we brightened his day, and then his wife recovered, and she's perfectly healthy now. What an amazing yeah. story. Oh, no. And I've, I've got some that are even too too heart-wrenching to, to share on air out of respect. But, man, that means the fucking world that something we do 
you know, just because our love of music has, has reached so many people and, and make you laugh and has this impact. And, and, and all I'm asking, man, is, is just, man, if, if you can throw me five bucks, dude, and it doesn't go in my pocket. I don't keep any of this. Ralph doesn't keep any of this. It just helps us do something where we can try to expand this show, turn more people on to rock podcasts. Uh, because you, you all know radio sucks now. This is how you get the shit that you used to get uh, from MTV, from radio, but it's times fucking 10. And we do this for free. Actually, I pay to do this. And we both give of our lives and our time to do this. So, man, just throw me a fucking bone. And it, by all means, if you can, please show up. I know a lot of people are saying, hey, I live within driving distance. I'm going to be there this year, man. And we want to meet each and every one of you. I will drink and do street drugs with all of you. Ralph will totally fuck any woman you bring with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it for this. You know, I don't fuck any, other, any woman, for, but I'll do it for you guys. Yes, for you guys, the loyal listeners. So help us help us i just want to let you guys know the sacrifice i do for this show i'm gonna go four days without getting my ass licked now for you guys so come on yeah that that's a dry ass yeah it is you know stop that this is 2018 he he deserves his ass licked and your donations will help and to all you ladies out there it's it's always a dry ass when it's ass licking time that's right (laughs) Yes. All right. Are we done? Yeah, we're, we're done being nice to the fans, and that's us being nice to the fans. Now it's time to turn up a notch and get a little mean. What do you say? Okay. Uh, the first person, and look, you know, I, I saw this shit in the morning, and I wanted to do a whole thing on him. But then all of a sudden, like, somebody else pops up on the page that I've had problems with too many times already. And uh, I, this guy's, like, on the back burner. Actually, I don't even want to talk about him, but you said, yeah, I want to. Oh, yeah. And I love you, so fuck it. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Uh, his name is Rusty Bullet Hole. Uh, this guy, he he just shows up. He contributed nothing on the page. All he did was come and goof on us and say shit about us. You know, in his little, like, hey, look, I think I'm funny type way. Where he wasn't funny, and he caused a lot of shit, because before I ever saw his thread, that shit was long with a bunch of people attacking. And... Uh, you know, and then I was like, I played along with it. And, uh, but then, you know, the next day he did another post about me. And I played along with that one too. But then I thought, I said, you know what? Fuck this guy. So I said, you want to fuck with me? All right, I'm going to fuck with you. So I started making bullshit posts because Ian has just recently been thrown in Facebook jail. With me, by the way. I, I did a couple posts to fuck with him. So I said that it was him that reported Ian. I don't think he did, but I figured, fuck it. You want to fuck with me? I'm going to fuck with you. But when I said it, a lot of people took me serious. And then I made other posts saying that, oh, he, uh, uh, Rusty Bullet Hole is happy that Paul Stanley made that guy take off that Paul, that Iron Maiden shirt, (laughs) you know? And, uh, and then I even quoted, this is the best part. I quoted a line from his Facebook that says, I'm like a Kardashian in a pool. I'm very good to look at. And I'm also deep. I'm like, you know, number one, it doesn't make sense. And number two, I know you're trying to be funny and you're lame. So I, I, I tagged that on too, right? All of a sudden, a couple people started coming attacking him and he blamed me for it. He totally did a tipper gore, bro. 
because of you, people, you know, it's like, you know, one of those, like, you know, I'm so influential that people like, you know, if I say something bad about you, everybody's going to attack you. You're an idiot. It was only two people. And how many people we have on our page? Like 2,000? Yeah. 2,800. So, so I told them, dude, I'm banned from Facebook. Leave. Because in three days, I'm going to ban you. You might as well leave. So I want to read you this message he sent me. Yes, please do. He says, I have no problem fucking around. I'm a borderline alcoholic. See, he's not even as cool as you, Ian. He's not full blown. Yeah, uh, borderline. What a pussy. Yeah, exactly. Jewish rug, rugby player from New York, and I'm fat now, too. Nothing you said bothers me. You think someone who take themselves serious would write that Kardashian shit? No, I think somebody that's, that thinks they're funny does. Uh, look at my response over the past few days. I can take it and give it. You told me I, uh, you didn't like my post. So I told you I'd leave, and I did, which is a lie. He didn't leave. Now, it goes on and on. I'm not going to read anymore. I think that's the main thing. Notice how he says he can take it, right? He can't take shit. How do we find the one unfunny Jew? Like, <laughs> Jew, Jews are the funniest people in the world. You ever seen Stephen Kirsch? He says he likes Bon Jovi. That shit's hilarious. Yeah, he is. And, oh, and no, it's even funnier. Day. It's even funnier that he's actually serious. Oh, my God. Anyway, so, uh, you know, then, you know, a couple people attacked him, and then he wrote me complaining about one of our listeners uh, put up a picture of him and his wife and made a, like, a little slur about his wife. I don't even, I didn't even see it, you know, because I, after he, after he wrote me what I just read you, I actually, like an idiot, like a complete moron, felt bad for the guy. So this is what I wrote him. I go, just so you know, after you wrote me about your problems, I apologize, man, and plan on doing it again on the next episode. This episode, I was going to apologize to him. So I, and I ended it by saying, no, no hard feelings, man. All the best. Yes. And then and, he... Yeah, okay, and, go ahead. Well, and you told me this. I talked to you this morning I on my way to yeah. work. And, and I you said, explained yeah. all this. You're like, hey, I feel bad. This guy's obviously got some problems. And I'm going to talk about this on the show and say, hey, I, you know, I'm sorry and stuff like that. You weren't full blown like, hey, you know, not trying to be a dick. Sorry. You know, you have this shit. You were ready to be totally cool to this guy. Yeah, I was going to apologize and say, look, you know, he listens to us. He's a listener. Uh, he thought he could fuck with us. He went about it all wrong because he has a right. dump. He has a really bad sense of humor. Right. And, and, you know, and we and I just gave him a taste of his own medicine. He didn't like it, especially when the other listeners came in. But this is this is what he said after I said that. He goes, what problems would those be? And, <laughs> and I said, all that personal stuff you said, scroll up. And then he wrote, game on. Now, that's all he wrote when I talked to you in the morning. I said, right. he, he then wrote game on. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Well, now I know what it means. It means now he's going to attack me. So... I, and, and I'm not going to read what he wrote. You have to be a member of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast Facebook page to read because it's so long. But I'll give you the gist of it. He's threatening to sue me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he actually, you can tell he copy and pasted some bullshit of uh, some law that passed. Yeah, which, exactly. Which, which, I, which, I was like, totally, that's copy and paste. Yeah, and, and by the way, that law never passed. 
Right. You know, one of our good listeners wrote that saying, that shit never even passed. Well, I, I, I love this shit, and I love that he gets so mad about somebody uh, reposting the picture of his wife. You know, and my thing is, it's Facebook. If your wife's that much of a pig that it embarrasses you, don't put her fucking picture up on Facebook. You know, he, he says this page is inter. <laughs> Check this audience. Interstate and international commerce. One, a guy I absolutely love on our page that brought that up. So paragraph three, three just fucked him out of, out of his point. This page is not being used for interstate or international commerce. Right. It's like, if you can't take this shit, and, and this, this again gets me so mad. This is Facebook. This is goddamn Facebook. This shit isn't even real. You, you, you know, I, I may be, you know... Uh, cool on Facebook, and I may do a podcast, but you know what? I got to get up every fucking morning and go to work. And if somebody disses me on Facebook, the fuck am I gonna do about that? You know, you know, you know, I'm gonna let that ruin my day. I got to go to work. There's a real world. There's this world. There's this show. Grow a fucking pair of balls. And this is coming from a liberal, mind you guys. You know, fucking get over it. Yeah, and and like you know. Uh, he, he gets all, you know, and, and the moral of this whole story is he, he he wrote me all this shit about, hey, man, I don't get mad at stuff like this. And then all of a sudden he's threatening to sue me. Or, and the main reason he wants to sue me is because of other people attacking him that he says it's because of me allowing it since I'm the admin and since I'm like some kind of god that have the power. Can you imagine if this guy's actually uh, downloading the show to show his lawyers? I would love to see the picture. Of those lawyers laughing their ass off of what a dumbass this guy is, thinking this well, shit will stand up in court. Well, I, I think he does have a little bit of a point. Why do you think I asked you to beg for money? Because people listen to you. Yeah. Well. <laughs> but oh my god, I, I mean this this is just fucking retarded. We talk we talk we talk about fucking each other's moms constantly. Yeah. This is our show, you know. Yeah, We're and, and, about- and some of it we even make up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And how many times have I said, I want to fuck your girlfriends and wives out there, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and send them out prostituting? You know, <laughs> I say. This reminds me of Mark Allen Taylor when I told our listeners to go out and burn and beat Sammy Hagar fans. It's like, you guys are influential. This this could happen. And, you, you know, know and, 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 you know, I have no problem with Mark, but just to let Mark know, I am not an idiot because he's, he's still going around saying, it was a joke. Like, really, dude? I mean, seriously. You're a fuck. You're the idiot to think we're going to think that wasn't a joke. It was not a joke. It was, he was being dead serious. But then when it backfired on him, he's like, oh, it was a joke, though. Yeah, that's what I don't, you know, some <coughs> kid in North Carolina talked half a country into eating fucking Tide Pods. I can't even get a motherfucker to donate $5. <laughs> I don't have that much power. I wish I did. Yeah. Well, hey, why, why don't we offer Tide Pods? We want to fucking donate. We should. We can get farther. Exactly. So, you know, fuck you. Go to your lawyers and uh, shove your threat up your ass sideways because I... Don't fucking threaten me, bitch. I didn't do goddamn thing but fire back at you and then when other people did it, you got all butthurt and couldn't take it. Hey, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast kitchen. I'll tell you what, I knew it was bad when I got an instant message today from Andrew Jacobs going, hey, I think this guy's unstable. <laughs> you know, I was like, now, oh, now oh I'm shit. Gonna, now I'm going to get a message from him saying, 
Enough's enough. Andrew Jacobs, enough. Don't fucking message me about Ian. Take it up with Ian. I am not the middle guy. I'm no. not. I'm tired of it. No, we can joke about Andrew Jacobs now because then he blew himself up in Texas the other day. Did he? I thought oh. that was him. I thought he was that bomber in Texas. Okay, my bad. Rest in peace, Andrew. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I didn't want to go this long on Rusty because actually there's there's a bigger fish I want to fry. Uh-oh. Here we go. Now, he's very loved on the page. I understand that. And and you know me, uh, Ian. I'm not a guilty by association well, type person. Let, let, let's be honest here. Let's, let's, be, let's be brutally honest. He is loved and hated. Yes. There are people that really dislike him, but don't tell them, but they tell me. And they know what's going on. They, they can, there's, there's like two, two, well, actually two people. Well, you two. So let's make it three. Three people that do know he is a passive aggressive person toward me. He, he does these little, these little digs at me. And then when I call him out, he's like, he does, he does this whole like, Hey man, I'm a nice guy and I like you. I listen to your radio show. I, you know, you always have to do these nice little comments toward me. But then, you know, here and there, he does these little snide things. And I've met this guy in real life. And the very first time I met him, the very first time I met him, he gave me, he told me this. He goes, hey, you know, I had a problem with you once. And, you know, I've had problems with many people. Because here's the thing about our podcast page. There are a few people that just can't handle opinions. They just can't. If I'm going to say something negative about the band they like, they, they lose their shit. Man, people fucking bash Cheap Trick, Night Demon. I don't say nothing to anybody that bashes bands I like. It's like, whatever. It's your opinion. Shit, you today went off on fucking Alcatraz. That's right. fine. That's fine. It's your opinion. That's fine. I, I really don't care, but some people do. And this guy in person told me, yeah, I had a problem with you because you didn't like Winger. And then I remembered that fight. I was like, oh, man. I, that was you? And, you know, I mean, I got along fine with the guy. The guy was like most people are cool in person. But then, but then, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just got to laugh because I like Winger. But if somebody hates Winger, I was like, what am I supposed to do? It's a Winger. It's not like I can defend myself. I just happen to like him. <laughs> exactly. And then now everybody will know who I'm talking about. And I'm going to say his name. It rhymes with Tim Breen. This I'm, drawing, guy, I'm, draw, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> this guy, you know, noticed I didn't like Bang Tank. Started spamming the page. It was his, he's antagonizing me. And, and, you know, and I usually don't leave a comment, but unless you say classic or crap. Right. So, uh, you fucking say that, I'm like, oh, here I go. Yeah, because Fuck. that's what the whole thing is. It's an opinion. That's exactly. why when I do the classic or crap, whether I agree with you or not, I like everybody's post just for joining in on the conversation. Whether I agree with you or not, it's like, thank you for participating. Doesn't mean I agree with what you say, but you know what? I asked your opinion and you gave it to me. And and whether I like it or not, because nobody's going to change my opinion. Nobody's going to change your opinion. If somebody hates something I love, fucking quesera. If you like it, hey, whatever, you're a brother in arms, you, you know, but... The whole thing is a question, you know? And and look, man, no matter what this motherfucker says, I know he's going to backpedal on everything like such a nice guy. He doesn't hate me. That guy fucking hates me. He just fucking hates me. 
And I'm and I'm fucking tired of it. I am so tired of it because after I already had that one problem, it was like I've already had two problems with the first problem. This, no, this is the fourth problem. Yeah, yeah, this is the fourth problem today. But today it was kind of like it was a very passive aggressive thing he did, where it wasn't him actually like directly fucking with me, but it's kind of like one of those things where it's like I know you know that I'm fucking with you, but nobody else does. So. Uh, last week he accused me of being Tim Bream's meme. Right. While I was at your place, sitting right next to you, doing the radio right. show, which right. is even on video on YouTube, and right. YouTube exclusive. You can tell I'm not on the computer. I'm yeah. sitting next to Ian doing the show. Somebody else that doesn't like you made that fucking meme. Right. It's not just me. I know, and I'm telling you, man. I don't give a fuck if people like this guy. That's why he's not banned from the page. But he accused me of being Tim Bream meme on your radio show. Right. That pissed me off. You know, I was, and then, you know, he even like, you know, put a little laughing things when I was saying, it's not me. Like, you know, it, it's him antagonizing me. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. So then today, today with the whole bullshit with Rusty Bullet Hole, uh, he, he writes, yeah, fuck that guy. He puts like a meme like, fuck you. Like he's all on my side, you know? And then somebody else who I won't name uh, said, look, don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, you know, just don't do it. Then he wrote, she's, no, she's right, you know. I ignored it. Then she, you know, I said, look, sorry, sorry, female. I'm, I'm going to have to do it. I, I have a flaw. I'm going to do it. No, you shouldn't do it. She's right again, you know. That's him antagonizing me again. You know, and it's all and it's like, you know, that whole, you know, what do we do now, Spike? What do we do now? Spike? Eh, shut up, that cartoon. Eh, shut up. Yeah, I love it. So I brought I brought that up to him, you know, and then he's like, ooh, that hurt. Yeah, that's right. Gain sympathy from everybody on the page that I'm being mean to you. You know, because the first time I had a problem with that guy when it when it spilled out over the over the thing, dude, this motherfucker actually made a fucking post about, hey man, I'm sorry if I upset people. Ralph brought it to our attention. Again, that's another dig at me. It was like everything was settled, so he has to fucking go ahead and do that to start shit. The, the fact, you know what? I have a meme <laughs> that somebody sent me and I, I wanted to post it today so bad. Let me go read it. It's a great meme. It's a picture of Tommy Faye. And I got I gotta read this meme. It's fucking hysterical. Uh, yeah, one of your haters made this meme. I didn't put it up yet, but I have it. And the picture says, "Holy fuck, dude! Putting too much text over a random image does not make a funny meme. Please stop." Uh, yours truly, the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch about me spit out my beer. <laughs> I love that meme so much, you know. And 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 I, I will I will say this about Tim Bream. Tim, I I, I don't have a problem. Uh, you're a friend of my good friend Gary Gunn, uh, who I I know and love. So that made me like you even more to know that you're a buddy of my buddy. And I I, I know you had a bad year. I know you you lost your best friend and your former bandmate. So I felt really bad. So like the first couple of like uh, slobber knockers you had with Ralph, I, I really tried to talk to Ralph. I was like, look, you know, uh, 
I, I totally understand why this guy pissed you off, but, uh, you know, try to keep in context that, you know, th this guy had some bad shit happening. Let's give him a little bit of slack. But it kept happening, and it kept happening. And I'm going to reiterate, I don't have a problem with you, Tim. You know, I, I don't. But you but, see it. But you see but it. I'm I, not I, I, I'm I, not crazy here. No, 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 no. No, I, I, I see it. And it keeps happening. And after the last time, after strike three, I even talked to you on the Facebook page like, hey, stop poking the bear. Stop fucking with Ralph. And that's the thing you got to understand. It's mine and Ralph's page. And there's people I'll fight for and, I, and, and I'll, I'll try to state my case. But if Ralph wants somebody gone, they're gone. And he, and gives, and he gives me the same respect whether it's a friend of his or not. If they really piss me off, they're fucking gone. And that's how Ralph and I have a partnership. That's what we do. I mean, we are very different people, but we have a mutual love and respect. And that's how this show keeps going. And you got to understand, Ralph is always going to come first. And my mother will back that up. Uh, yeah. You, you, you know, if, if, if I always come before her. That's right. She's a hard sell. Um, but, you know, if if you keep doing this and you know certain things are antagonizing Ralph, and we both have different buttons. Some things that annoy Ralph might not annoy me and vice versa. And I'm friends with people Ralph doesn't like. He's friends with people I don't like. But we have a mutual respect and admiration. And we also, ha you know, we, we compromise. Yeah, and, 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 and I also want to say, anybody out there that likes Tim Bream, I have absolutely nothing against you, and keep liking him. I don't care. It's fine with me. He, he has a problem with me. He obviously doesn't have a problem with anybody else. That's why nobody has a problem with him. But I am very opinionated, you know? And I happen to really dislike a few of the bands he likes, you know? But, you know, and I happen to love bands that he does like, but that doesn't matter to him. And I also want to say this. I know after this, he's going to backpedal and write a big fucking novel about, you know, oh, poor me. And I didn't mean to. And Ralph's got me wrong. I listen to his radio show. I do all this support to him. I know what you're doing, dude. You're doing the Eddie Askell up to Mrs. Cleaver. Oh, hi, Mrs. Cleaver. And then once she's turned, you're a complete prick. And I know you know. I know you know that you're poking at me. I know it. I know with our history that you're doing stuff like where nobody would notice except for me. I It's that passive-aggressive shit. And I can't stand passive. Passive-aggressive to me is poser shit. If you've got a problem with me, say it. Like somebody else that I won't mention his name because he's not worth it. That fucking was saying so much shit behind my back that when I finally caught him, he said, well, I don't like you. But before he said that, before I found out, he was sending me nice PMs like, hey, man, thanks for putting up that video. I had a great time on the podcast. You're a great guy. All this shit. And all of you to turn around and talk shit about me. That's passive aggressive shit. And I'm telling you, man, I know a lot of people are going to fall for it. Fine. Fine. But if I come out the bad guy out of this, I'll be proud. I'll be proud that you think I'm a bad guy because I like when idiots hate me. That guy is a passive aggressive prick. He's very nice to everybody but me. And I've already had my little fucking falling outs with him. And I told him, strike two, you're about to get out of here. And then he's been like, you know, he hasn't really said anything to me. But when he what he did today, you know, was like him poking at me. 
Like, you know, hey, yeah, you know, she's right, you know. That shit was total passive-aggressive shit. And then he turns around going, that hurt, man. You fucking poser. Fuck you. You know, my, my thing with this is like, uh, you know, let, let's do a hypothetical situation. Let's say your favorite band is Motley Crue. You know, you just happen to have shitty taste, and Motley Crue is your favorite band. Sorry, hey. Johnny Bogan. I love Johnny Bogan. I like Johnny Bogan. Uh, but you know what I mean? Okay, say Nikki Six has a Facebook page, and you know Nikki Six doesn't like post about John Karabi, but you keep posting shit about John Karabi just to like, oh, that's the best record you ever did. You know, it's way better than this one. It's way better than that one. And you keep poking Nikki Six, and then you wonder why Nikki Six kicks you off the fucking page. It's like, come on, if you know there's certain things that irk Ralph, and if you listen to the show. And if you're on the page, it's very easy to see what annoys Ralph and what doesn't. And remember, you asked to join our page and you keep pushing and pushing. Don't be surprised when you're banned from what, in my opinion, is the greatest Facebook page in the fucking world. I mean, I I know of no other podcast that has uh, a, a page that has the craziness and yes, the freedom that our page has, but be respectful of who runs it. You know, you don't just walk into somebody's house and put your feet up and say, fuck your couch, ninja. You know, you don't do that. Uh, you, you know, there's a lot of people who got removed from this page that regret it now because it is a fun page. And it's sad that, unfortunately, a lot of episodes lately, we've had all this drama considered, you know, with our own listeners. But remember where the fuck you are. Don't push it. Have fun. But be respectful, you know. And I see a lot of new people coming in. And I, I, I know because I see the listenership. We have way more listeners than what's on the fucking Facebook page. But these new people come in. And it's, it's like you just don't know how to fucking act. You don't spam the fucking page. You know, we like people to be active, but don't spam it. Don't abuse it. And don't sit here and try to provoke shit and act like you can joke around with somebody like you've known them for fucking, you know, life long term. I mean, if somebody comes up to me and starts talking shit and I don't know you, don't assume just because of my sense of humor, I, I'm going to suffer your bullshit because I'm not. Yeah, Rusty. Yeah, I mean, there, there's shit... I'll take from Ralph. I know Ralph. You know, we, we know each other. Not only online, but in real life. And there's even people online that I don't know in real life, but I know them enough that they they know me and my sense of humor. You know, but some people, because of the nature of how we are and they do this, they think they can just come in and, and say whatever. No, you can't. you got to earn respect. You know, you don't demand respect. You earn respect and you earn friendship. Just because you listen to us, don't mean we're gonna fucking kiss your ass. I don't. I don't think there's any podcast that is more brutal to their fans than we are. But we're real. You know why? Because we do this for free. We do this because we love what we're talking about. We do this because we love the fans. But don't just assume that you can come in and and talk to us any certain way, and we're gonna put up with it because it is our page. And don't think just because you're good with me that I'm going to save you when you piss off Ralph and vice versa. You know, it's just, I, I, I want everything to be cool. I don't want censorship, but 
show a little bit of fucking respect and some common sense. You know, sometimes when I see people out, out I talk on fucking Facebook, you know, I, I don't like Facebook muscles. I like real people and real jokes. And man, I, I am fucking, I'm not only thick, I'm thick skinned. I can take a lot of shit, but show a little bit of fucking respect. You came to me, I didn't fucking come to you. Yeah, you know, yeah. That, I'm not, not going to jump on your page and tell you how to do shit. That's that's the main thing, dude. If somebody goes on there and says Black Sabbath sucks, okay, right. like uh, like like little Alvin who got who made a little uh, dig at me, uh, which made me ban him. Well, actually, I uh, yeah, I banned him. And uh, uh, you know, it, it's like you can see he initially said Black Sabbath sucks, and I didn't say a goddamn word to him. That's the best band in the world to me. To me, now, in some episode, I talked about, well, if you don't like Black Sabbath, then you don't like metal, which was a total, you know, sarcastic bullshit. Because I did listen back to that episode. I know exactly where I was going. And people can see it. And if you're smart, if you're dumb and you pick your nose and put it in your mouth, you're not going to get it. But I'll tell you this, man. After that guy fucking, I, I already warned him. I even deleted him off my page. And then he just started the shit again to me. I was like, you know what? Out of here, you know? And the same thing goes with Tim Bream. Tim Bream, look, dude, I know he's a nice guy. Don't get me wrong. With everybody else, he is a nice person. He really is. I, I consider him a really nice guy. He just has a problem with me. And nobody sees it because he's very good at passive aggressive. He's very good at it. I'm not stupid. I'm not seeing something that's not that. Because he proved it to me even in person. He proved it to me that... It bothered him. He started a fight with me because I didn't like Winger. And then he started spamming the page with fucking Bang Tango because he knew I didn't like Bang Tango. You know, and like I wasn't commenting on his Bang Tango bullshit. I really wasn't. But he kept doing it because he knew I didn't like it. He stopped. He stopped because of that last time when he accused me of being Tim Mean, Tim Means Breed. You know, and, and dude, your memes, some of them are fucking great. I'm not going to say they suck. But man, some of them are horrible. But a lot of people like them. So who am I to judge? But I can tell you this now. That guy that made that meme I just wrote you, people are fucking annoyed with your memes too. But hey, that's how the world is. Some people get it, some people don't. I'm not telling you to stop making memes or or your memes suck. They Some suck to me, but it doesn't suck to other people. Because I've seen him do memes, and I'm like, God damn, this shit is fucking... This is like Fonzie jumping the shark already. But I see people like it still. I'm like, well, hey, man, as long as people like it, keep making the Tim Mean Breams. You know what I just thought of? This is, this is funny. You're going to laugh at this. I totally forgot. Uh, 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 Tim paid for an episode he's going to guest on, so this is going to be real interesting. Are you fucking kidding me? I can't wait. I no, can't he, wait. He, 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 paid, he, paid, he paid 60 bucks to, to pick the album. And uh, to guess that, I can't remember what he picked. It was a good album. I know it's something you're gonna like. Uh, and uh, you know, you know, at, at this point, I'm, I'm gonna say this. Uh, he, he's still currently a member of the page as of the day we're recording this. Uh, if Ralph chooses to uh, remove you, uh, that that is totally up to Ralph, and I respect his decision no matter what. But boy, that's gonna make for a good. So. Oh, I'm not going to remove him. No, until okay. he attacks me. Per- or if he makes a stupid 
oh, Ralph doesn't know, you know, I really like him. A uh, comment to gain sympathy from people. I'm banning his ass. Go do it at the Kiss, Kiss, Kiss Hard Rock or whatever. But I, 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 I just can't take this guy anymore. I just can't take him. I haven't, you know, ever since, look, I, I dealt, I listened to you, Ian. And honestly, dude, to tell you the truth, look, I've, I, I've had people die on me constantly. Yes. Constantly. Me you too. know, I'm not going to fucking say, well, you got to feel sorry for me because I had my friend die. No, and, I don't and, have that. I don't have that philosophy. I'm sorry. And, 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 and I want to reiterate in his defense, he never said that. That was me. Uh, no, that, I'm not. But, I'm not saying he did. What I'm okay. this is what I'm saying. Look, if you if you look, I have a lot of sympathy for anybody that lost somebody. Don't get me wrong. A lot of sympathy. But if you're going to fuck with me, I don't care about that sympathy no more. That's out of I'm sorry. That's out the window. I'm sorry he died, but this is besides the point. You're you're fucking with me, dude. You're fucking with me. And I know he's going to fucking backpedal and say he's not. But man, even today, I got a message saying this guy's backpedaling now. And that then I wrote Tim Bream about the backpedal in three, two, one, and dude, sure enough, he backpedaled right after that. Because he didn't see that comment yet. You know, when he because he wrote that right when I posted it. And and then the guy wrote me going, ha ha. I go, yeah, you're right. Look, you know, this guy's a backpedaler. But here's my point. My whole point is this, dude. You can stay on the page, but you know what, man? Until we do that episode, ignore me. Ignore my post. Please, you, you just you just grate on me, dude. Because I know what you're doing, Eddie Haskell. I know exactly what you're doing. And you know it too. I know you're going to fucking tell the whole fucking world that I'm wrong. And that I'm reading you wrong. And all that shit. No, dude. I'm not stupid. I'm 53, dude. I can tell when somebody doesn't like me. So there you go. And on that note, let's go into the news. Oh, man. Can I go first? Sure. Warren D. Martini. I don't believe it till I see it on. on well, well, yes, if it's true, it is a rumor. It is a rumor. But you know what? When there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, I, I'm hoping it's Vito Brada's been kicked out of White Lion. That's you know, that's me. Uh, fuck that band too. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry if uh, Tim Bream likes him. I believe he does. I think that was another fight I had with him over White Lion too. But um, you know, because I didn't like White Lion, which is not right to him. You know, I remember he even put up a cla- uh, crapper classic thing once, and some guy—I think it was Nitro—said crap, and he, then he, he fucking makes like a little meme after him, all pissed off, like, Ehh. "It's like, well, don't don't fucking ask the question yet. If you're gonna get mad when somebody, oh no, but I'm just joking around, like me and my friends always joke right. around. Hey, hey, well, I'm I, not your friend. I, I put up crapper classic on fucking promo guidance, and fucking the majority of the people hated that shit. I'm okay. Yeah, exactly. And rightfully so. That shit sucks. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, Warren D. Martini is rumored to be fired from Rat. That's the rumor. Yeah, that's like firing Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. To me, that, that would, if that ends up to be true, Bobby Blotz is going to laugh his ass off. And it's really going to give, look, Bobby Blotz is a douche. Okay. I'll even go as far as to say, yeah, he's a bigger douche than the rest of the guys in Rat. But really, if you're going to fire Warren D. fucking Martini from Rat, doesn't it look like Bobby did have a point? Your opinion, Ian? Uh, I would have to say 100% yes. Uh, now, I have seen 
Warren's been very strong-handed. I mean, like he is the one that put a stop to Rat touring without Stephen Pearson, saying, "I'm not going to do it without Stephen." You know, it's it's not Rat without Stephen. And I have to stress, I don't know if this is true. I don't know the logistics of what's going on. But I will say this, as a diehard rat cocksucker and a full-blown fanboy, um, if there's no Warren Demartini, I, I could give a shit less. It's just another Stephen Piercy solo record that I don't buy. And, hey, man, I love Stephen Piercy. I think he's, you know, ten times fucking Vince Neil, even though Vince Neil's a better performer. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I fucking love rap. But no Warren Demartini... Sorry, I, I could give a fuck less. You know, I was all excited when Juan came back, but but no D Martini. If this is true, and I hope it's not, you know, uh, you know. But uh, if it is, yeah, count count me out because that man made the band. As much as I love and respect, you know, the King Robin Crosby, uh, no D Martini, no that, that's like Black Sabbath without fucking Tony Iommi. You know, and they're saying they're looking for new guitar players. That's like, oh, Iomi out, CC Deville in. No, don't fucking work that way. You have to have those incredible riffs of Warren Demartini. You know, my my three favorite '80s guitar players: Demartini, George Lynch, Jakey Lee. All have signature sounds, and uh, without it, you're you're fucked. You're fucked, and I know you were laughing at it and everything. And oh, I, I loved it. I loved it. I, I, and, and you know why I loved it? I'll tell you why. <clears throat> because it really did all this time, and I'm I'm as guilty as everybody else. Um, I was thinking, man, you know what a dick this Bobby Blotzer is. But you know what? Last week, I don't know if you caught this thread last week. I did make a point saying, you know, it's funny that uh fucking rat pretty much disappeared and now Stephen Piercy's doing a solo album and I'm like hmm what the fuck are they really like dysfunctional as Bobby's been saying you know and then all of a sudden this comes out did you see that thread last week when I said that no no I I did I did miss that thread but I but I know just what you're saying because I did see a thing about Stephen Pierce I'm like why and you know they wouldn't announce that on Metal, Metal Sludge is pretty credible you know, I don't think they, as far as I know, I never remember them putting up a bullshit story, ever. Yeah, I mean, I, somebody correct me, but I, I never remember that. But I, I gotta say, I am surprised that this hasn't been picked up uh, by bigger... Uh, Be- because it's not officially confirmed, but here's right. the thing about Metal Sludge. Metal Sludge is run by Stevie Rochelle. Stevie right. Rochelle's a hair farmer. And you right. know he's in the ends, and he knows a lot of people right. in the right. business. I really doubt he would put that up there if it right. turned out to be bullshit. And there has been stories in the past. Like, I remember Chris Holmes uh, was reported to be uh, left Wasp for the second time, and it, I found out on Metal Sludge. Then I found it out on on on, uh, on Blabbermouth like two, week, two, three weeks later because he had the inside information, but it wasn't made official yet. And... and and I also want to say this. Anybody that supports Rat without Warren, you're a goddamn hypocrite if you ever said anything bad about Blotson. Thank you. Yeah, no, and I'm the same, and I'm probably the biggest Rat card that you know. And hell, even I know that 99 album was fucking horrible. But no, no Martini, 
uh, no support from me. You know, it's like that fucking arcade album I didn't fucking buy. You know, not interested. Not interested. Oh, the first arcade album was pretty good. I liked it. I liked it. Fucking yeah, can you believe it? I liked it. <laughs> Stephen Piercy Tard. Fred I think, Cor- I think Fred the second, Corey Tard. Well, the second one was pretty. I think there was a second one, right? Yeah, I didn't, yeah, like, I didn't yeah, even listen to it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that one. I didn't, the first, the, the yeah, first that, one wasn't great, but it was way better than Detonator and Reef for the Sky. That's for sure. Yeah, I won't even go that far, but I'm a rat thug. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, as far as we're talking shit, you know, about, you know, metal pages and metal news. And I love all this shit because I like to be in the know. I like to see these stories. But uh, there's only one thing that's worse than Sammy Hagar fans and Trump voters in my mind. And that is the people who post on fucking Blabbermouth. Uh, because as much positivity that I've seen about this new Judas Priest album and new Judas Priest tour, uh, there has been so much goddamn negativity. And it really, really pisses me off. What other band out there right now is putting out an album like Judas Priest did with Firepower? Doing they, it, They're bashing it? Oh, there's there's a lot of people bashing it. Like, uh, I even you know you know I, I ordered the uh, the vinyl of Fire, Firepower the other it's day. It's awesome. I have it. But I was like, well, let me look in the, in the reviews, and then I narrow it down to reviews just for the vinyl. You know, trying to find out if it's if it's 180. And then I'm I'm seeing all this negativity, but it's nothing compared to the negativity that I see on Blabbermouth, and I even see this shit about. Uh, saying Glenn Tipton up there, oh, he's not plugged in. Oh, you know, this is terrible. What what a blasphemy. And I'm just like, you cock-sucking fucking assholes. Like, to me, you're even less than a Sammy Hagar fan or a Trump voter. It's like, this man is 70 years old, came out on stage to do three songs, and in my opinion, they picked the best three songs. Not my favorite uh Judas Priest songs, but the ones that a 70-year-old man who has fucking Parkinson's disease can play. And these people are fucking bitching and slamming and complaining, and I'm watching the same video with nothing but love and respect, and when this man steps up on the little, like, the stool, I'm, like, all scared. I'm like, please, God, nothing happened to Glenn Tipton. You you know, there's a 70-year-old man with Parkinson's disease Stepping up on a stool to play to fucking fans, leaning over, and just seeing the respect from the other band members, and and just you know you can see little looks from Ian Hill, and the and the shit from fucking uh, you know Rob and, and Richie Faulkner, fucking Dave bless his soul, uh, you know you know and, and fucking uh, Scott Travis, you know it's like God, this man is doing all he can. For the Judas Priest fans, for heavy metal fans, and and there's still fucking haters out there, and it just proves to me what a piece of shit the fucking human race is, and in a big grand scope of things. Well, here's the thing I want to say: <coughs> you Sorry. know me, I don't want to wish anything bad toward anybody. You do it, Ian. Wish Parkinson's on these people. Oh, I, I wish worse than that. I wish worse <laughs> than that. No, no, see, I wish your loved ones get 
fucking raped and shot by one of these assholes with an assault rifle. Very you know, you, you fucking idiots. You fucking... Lo- I, mean, I mean, really, I get... You, you know, it, it's, it makes me feel bad as a metal fan. And as somebody like, I love metal and I wave the flag for metal and I take shit for being a metal fan. And, and then I see fucking douchebags like this. You know, it, it's like, who the fuck are you? It, you make me ashamed uh, to be like, yeah, we're in the same clique. No, we're not. We're far fucking removed. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm 100% behind you on that. And I want to change the subject by staying on the same subject. The new Judas Priest album is so good. So it's good. So, it's so awesome that everybody fucking loves it. And when stuff like that happens, you know the bitter fucking losers that that, that wish they were as good as Judas Priest uh, have to come out and bash it to make themselves feel better. And then you got somebody like fucking Richie Faulkner that, oh my God, what an asset he is to this band, what he brought to this band, how he keeps the fire alive, and to see people fucking trash him. You know, I'm like, oh my God. Wow, wow, wow. That's shocking. You know, look, man, I miss KK Downing. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you. This, And it's going to sound bad on my part, but whatever. After after Firepower, I was like, bro, there is a priest without KK. I mean, Redeemers was great too, but this was like, this, this is a whole new level. You know right. what I mean? Right, right. Th- oh my God, it's like they're, they're fine without KK. Right. And, and I've never said that about, like, you know, Phil Collin or, you know, or even Vinnie Vincent to Ace Frehley. As much as I love Vinnie Vincent, right. he ain't no Ace Frehley. Right. You know? But, man, you know, Richie Faulkner, bro, that guy is like a god. He, I mean, there's nobody I would want in Judas Priest more than Richie I, I don't even want KK back now. I'm fine with Richie staying there. Oh, my. What, what he brings to the band... His stage presence, his delivery, his passion. Uh, I I don't know if there's ever been a... You know, to me, he's the greatest replacement member since Mick Taylor joining the Stones. And John Karabi joining Motley Crue. Right. No, I... I, And I'm not not even scoffing at that. I'm saying this is somebody that has respect, brings something to the table, that, that contributes. I mean, this ain't fucking, you know, fucking Gilby Clark. You know, but but still, to, to see any negativity when a band like this gives you, in my opinion, one of the greatest metal albums of the last twenty fucking years, and you still have people fucking crying, either to seem hip or to seem edgy. Like I'm gonna go against the grain. Everybody loves this, so I'm gonna do something different because I'm edgy. Yeah. Well, you, well, you know what? Grow a fucking beard and drink a fucking latte and wear a scarf. You fucking hipster fuck. Yeah, fuck you. Fuck you. Exactly right. All right. Well, that's about as much news as we have time for. This is already going to be an extended episode. So let's go into an album that you picked by my personal Lord and Savior, David Lee Roth. Yeah. Here we go. All right. Now let's get into the review from 1991. David Lee Roth, a little ain't enough, right, Ian? I absolutely love this album. I'll never forget the first time I saw the video, uh, the title track, and I was like, oh, yes, Dave is back. This is this is what uh, Skyscraper should have been. 
And uh, I thought it was going to blow up. And I was like, that's when I realized, uh-oh, the 90s have arrived. The music uh, climate has uh, changed. And Diamond Dave's uh, killer party kick-ass video shit doesn't work anymore for the Trendoid. But I absolutely love that video. One of my favorite David Raw videos, but we'll get into that later. I love this fucking album. What do you think? Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> this one's tough, man, because uh, I'm keeping it real. <laughs> uh, everybody knows David Lee Roth is my personal lord and savior, but he is not infallible. And, man, this is one... Oh, unfortunately, this, this is the point where it was official Van Hagar... Uh, you know, had won the battle, at least in popularity-wise, sales-wise. Uh, you know, I, I, I still like Dave's solo shit better than that. But, uh, yeah, this 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 was a rough time. Uh, the first time I saw Dave live was on this tour. Um, but, oh, man, I was so excited for this album to come out, and I can't remember what I heard first. I don't know if I saw the video first, or there was a, a special he did on Rockline. And I'll never forget, uh, I, I knew he was going to be on Rockline. It was like late at night. And I got in my, I got in my car because I had this amazing Alpine system in my car. And I just drove around for the whole Rockline special. I mean, I just kept, I went out to the country and everything just driving around because I, you know, I wanted to hear interviews with Dave and, and hear selections from the album and stuff. And uh, I was so excited. And when I got it, uh, it was one of those albums, and, and this happens a lot, uh, especially nowadays, where you're excited for an album by an artist that you love, you know, you just, the anticipation, and you might like it at first, but it's one of those, like, you play it a shit ton for like a month, and then you never play it again. And that's, that's kind of how this album is. I don't think time has been good to it either. Uh, but I'm willing to admit that. Unlike certain fanboys who can never admit when their band does something wrong, uh, I, I can admit Dave, Dave's done some wrong. I mean, he's still my, my favorite singer, frontman of all time. He's still my fucking idol. But uh, he's made mistakes. And, uh, I think there's a lot of mistakes on this album. Some his fault, some not his fault. Uh I don't hate the album, but, uh, man, it's, uh, you know, you stack this shit up against classic Van Halen, uh, it's not even a fucking contest. Nope. And, at this, and I at can this, also say that about every Dave album, even Eat em and Smile. I don't think Eat em and Smile is better than any Van Halen album. As much as I love that album, and I love it more, much more than this one, but I don't think it can match the greatness of Van Halen. Not even 84, which I think is their worst album of the six-pack. I, I, I wouldn't say, uh... I don't know. Uh, I would say maybe equal, but not... Well, I don't know. It, it, it's fucking close. But, uh, yeah, th this was the beginning of the... Well, I should some say, you know, the beginning was Skyscraper. And I, I do agree to an extent, but it, it still was a success. Well, it was uh, a success because Dave was on a roll, dude. But yeah, that yeah, success was, killed them, though. That, dude, yeah. The reason why this album didn't do well, because Skyscraper killed his career it wasn't this yeah. album it was skyscraper yeah i mean there are those instances where like it did sell well but there's a lot of people who bought it and then didn't like it like uh, me 
you know, so, uh, you know, and, and like I said, I saw the tour. It was by no means a sellout, but it wasn't like, poor. I've definitely seen worse attendance at concerts. I mean, I still saw them at a big outdoor venue. It was terrible. I was very, very disappointed in Dave's performance that night. It was so uh, bad. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I, I loved it, but then again, you know, you got to think, you know, I was like 16, 17. Yeah, uh, it was your was, first time seeing Dave, yeah, so you were all excited. So but... no, matter, no matter what, you know, and he still had a big production and everything, and, you know, so I was... I was blown away, but it, you know, in high, if I was more like seasoned at that age, I don't know, maybe I'd look at it differently. But you know, I've seen Dave solo many times, uh, and and you know that was, until he went back to Van Halen, that was the biggest you know production I got to see out of Dave. Because after I saw him in a glorified you know uh, you know a club that's basically a glorified bar, I've seen him at fucking uh, Universal Studios, <laughs> you know, I've seen him at House of Blues. Uh, you know, but this was my only time to see him, like, with, you know, huge production, you know, where he's still doing, you know, right at the microphone, and there's all, you know, coming out in the center of the stage and all this shit. Um, but, uh, I, I think there's a big problem of, of second-guessing and, and, and letting the Van Hagar sales get to him. And I, I think that deeply affected, um... All of his solo albums after Eat Him and Smile. I agree one hundred percent, and that's what I—that's what I want to say about this album. When we get to certain songs, right? And, and I, I think you know, uh, it's important because I think he, he, he put everything he had into Eat Him and Smile, and of course it's a success. And you know, anybody with two fucking working ears knows that shit blows away fifty-one fifty. And he could have continued that route, but since fifty-one fifty yeah. got higher in the charts, he yeah. figured, oh, let me change like them. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and that's what he did, and I think it was, you know, it, it's a mixture of things. I mean, you know, Dave has a hell of a fucking ego, and rightfully so. He should. Uh, but I think when he did his best and came in second, you know, that that's when, like, well, those guys did this. Maybe I need to do that because I can do that better than them. And uh, and, and that was the wrong direction for him. And, and, and it, basically, you see that problem throughout the rest of his solo career. Even even though I still, you know, like, I mean, even, you know, you know, a worse album than this is Little Ain't Enough. And there's still a lot of stuff on Little Ain't Enough that I like. I but do, I, too. Just, I don't think it's that. I think it has terrible songs, but the good ones are great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Better than any Van Hagar album. That's the, that oh, goes without oh, yeah. saying. No, I, I agree. But it's like if Dave, it's like if Dave would have had more success I think he would have stuck with his gut and where I think he started to grasp at straws because he couldn't handle coming in second to Van Hagar and I have to mention as much as I hate and it shames me you know at this point I'm still buying Van Hagar and Van Halen I mean and David Lee Roth I you know I I I would not go to see uh Van Hagar live You, you even bought fuck yeah, the the last the the one where I really snapped, and and I've I've talked about this before. The one where I snapped and I was like, I can't take this anymore, and and it became my life's mission, uh, you know, to kill Sammy Hagar was the live album. That was the last uh, Van Hagar that I bought. I bought that and I heard, I can't remember what it was, Jump or something. There was one of the original Van Halen songs uh, that that Sammy tried to croak. 
And and I, I just I remember it like it was yesterday. Just something inside me fucking snapped, and I was like, I can't take this shit anymore. You're killing me. This is a sacrilege. You're killing my favorite fucking band. This is never gonna work. This oh my god, you're destroying everything. I mean, it was just it was almost like a nervous breakdown. <laughs> I mean, I remember in my car listening to that thing, and I was like, ah, you know. And then it just became like I said, my life's mission. To, to make sure that this guy dies, and unfortunately, I haven't succeeded on that mission yet. But uh, well, you know, he'll, he'll die eventually, and trust yeah, me. Yeah, I, I know. And at least his career with Van Halen died, so I, I could take joy in that. That is but, the greatest part. See, that's that's called karma, you yeah. know, because MTV and I talked to this about this on a previous episode. MTV glorified Van Hagar so much and made Dave to be a clown around yeah. this time because they're right. Okay, now Dave ain't selling much, so let, let MTV yeah. is going to go with uh, the, the, the winner, and not only yeah. winner, but rub salt in the wound to Dave because, right. you know, they knew Dave like had a big ego, and every, they loved Dave when he was doing good. But then yeah. when he started to slip, they backstabbed him so bad. Oh, yeah, terrible. and then, then look how fucking, you know, uh, hypocritical they were because around the time of the, uh, the MTV Music Awards, when Dave came out, they were the ones doing that. Welcome back, yeah, yeah. you know, and doing all this shit. You know, it's like, oh, now, now you fucking love. Well, him, you, you got to remember too. At the time when Dave joined back and it became news, they had like this little MTV news thing on it, and they had like Alice in Chains and Lars Ulrich and Billy Corgan all saying, "No, oh, you yeah. know what? Uh, you know, nothing to get you, Sammy, but David Lee Roth was Danny. That's where it's at." So MTV said, "Oh." Oh, yeah. so, so now they're allowing us to like Dave again. Fuck MTV. Dude, I've always been against MTV. The only time I liked MTV is before they became huge. In the early, early days when the commercials, they didn't have commercials. They only showed war footage and they had like a handful of videos. But MTV was always a spoon-fed bullshit thing. And now and then you'd see like, you know, like Morbid Angel and Napalm Death on Headbangers Ball. The only time, and you know there was like people pulling strings for that to happen, but... It was still Bon Jovi and Poison and on Headbangers Ball and Motley Crue and yeah, you know, and this is when Motley yeah. Crue really sucked too, uh, yeah. on on uh, you know representing metal and that's what killed metal is that oversaturation of pretty boy bullshit and that's one of the factors why David Lee Roth failed and I will go into that later. Yeah, and I agree with you. I mean, I I definitely uh, you know I'm a I'm a child of MTV and and you know I loved MTV. And, you know, because because I was a kid and I didn't know any better. You know, if I was a cynical older guy, you know, I probably would have would have seen it more. But it's just part of my child. I mean, I gave up on MTV when uh, you, you know when they canceled Headbangers Ball. You know, it was probably about a year before they canceled Headbangers Ball because even Headbangers Ball began to change. But uh, you know, then it's just like, oh, this isn't my shit anymore. Like even like in the '80s when they had that guy, uh, Alan Hunter, was that his name? That wasn't even a metal guy. Oh, Adam Curry. Adam, Adam Curry. Curry wasn't even yeah. a metal guy. And I go, I mean, I mean, this guy doesn't know shit about why is he the host? And then they brought right. this other guy that was even worse because he pretended to like metal. Oh, you talking about Kevin Seal? No, no. Kevin Seal actually liked because he was a goofball and he then he never really like you know embraced metal. Neither did Adam Curry to an extent. But fucking Ricky Rackman. Dude. Oh, Ricky Rackman. That yeah. guy always like, oh yeah, my favorite band's Exodus and then and, and, and Suicide. And then all of a sudden when the tides turn, I've always been a punk guy. And he dyes hair green. Green Day. And, you know, it, that guy's a fucking poser. And that's when I, I really, 
I felt like uh, uh, Headbangers Ball to me was kind of like Van Hagar to you when you heard the live album. I was like, right. I was already like, oh, fuck this guy and fuck this grunge shit, which I like the grunge shit, but it did not belong on fucking Headbangers Ball. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. All right, to an extent, Alice in Chains maybe, and you know, but 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 Soundgarden, they wouldn't play like the killer heavy Soundgarden song. You'd hear like, you know, and I'm sorry, people, if you like Outshine, but that shit ain't fucking metal to me. Or Spoon Man. Or Black Hole Sun. You know what I mean? Fucking uh, bull- Slaves and Bulldozers would have been better. Jesus Christ Pose, which they barely ever played. Uh, they have a video for that. And that's like the best Soundgarden video ever. Uh, they wouldn't play shit like that. And, uh, you know, I-, I would only say like maybe Alice in Chains because of them bones and stuff like that. That, okay, was more up to speed with, you know, heavy, you know? But, ah, uh, fuck. Fuck Headbrenner's Bond. Fuck MTV. Especially what they did at Dave was like, dude, that was already like going crazy at that time going fuck you Kurt Loader you fucking because he's the guy narrating that show bashing oh he, right. f- David Lee Roth was a goddamn footnote in the Van Hagar docu- rockumentary you can see it still on YouTube and uh, they just and they even interview fans yeah Dave sucks yeah it's all about Sam it's like dude motherfucker it's because Dave fans aren't at that goddamn show to tell you this is fucking bullshit right. Yeah, and, and fuck Sam Hagar fans. Hey, you know, you know, you always say, uh, you know, what, what's your famous quote? I don't hate uh, fans. I hate bands. Well, no, I hate fans. I hate fans more. Well, there you, you know? go. And, and yet, and yet, I'm the one people talk shit about, but not you. <laughs> oh, we ain't gonna go there though. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh pe- people hate me too, just because I don't like Trump. Yeah, but people, people let you know it according to somebody. People are too afraid to tell me, so they say it behind my back. Uh, a guy that I caught talking shit behind my back <laughs> said that. So, I'm not going down the ship alone. All right, name names. Amina, Amina, Amina. Yeah, but uh, just to reiterate, I hate fans. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, you know, I do, man. I, I respect, uh, like I said, dude, I, I really don't have a problem with fans of Sammy Hagar, but I do have fan uh, problem with fans of Sammy Hagar that, want to rewrite history saying, oh, they sold more than Van Halen and they were more successful with Sammy. That's all a bunch of bullshit. You guys weren't there to know that Van Halen... And you know, everybody always talks about, well, they always had number ones with Sammy. Well, if that matters so much, then how about this? How, how do you like these apples? Did Van Hagar ever release a number one single? No. Van Halen with David Lee Roth did. So, you know, there you go. So, you know, you, you can shove your number ones up your ass because they had a number one with Dave, okay? Yeah, fucks. And if Dave would have came out in 86, you know that album would have been nine, uh, number one. Come on, give me a break. Well, you, you, know, you know, my thing about, uh, you know, I hate bands, not bands. Uh, you know, I, 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 can, I can only hate Sammy so much. You, you know, Sammy's just trying to make a living. Do it. He can't help it. He sucks. You know who's even worse is the people who buy his shit tell him he's good. <laughs> you know, it's like, you're dumber than him, motherfucker. <laughs> he's just trying to pay the fucking rent. I can't fault the guy for trying to put food on the fucking table. I can fuck with you for providing that food on the table. And the deflect, the deflect of the Poindexter nerds out there. Yes, we do understand. Eddie had a lot to do with Van Hagar, and he says much to blame. So shut your fucking pie hole. Oh, yeah, yeah but, but uh, you know, to get in that shit... And even though, you, you know, a lot of the shit that comes out of fucking, you know, Bette Midler's mouth is a fucking lie. 
But one thing he did say, and I gotta say, I really believe this. He said when he joined the band, he realized that Dave ran that fucking band. You know, that the other guys just kind of waited around like, okay, what are we going to do? You know, we're going to do this, but, you, you know, you take the lead. And, and that's what he did. So, you know, Eddie Eddie needed somebody to push him back in those days because he was just, I'm drunk, do whatever. You know, and Sammy's like, oh, I'm going to sing this. Okay, I got a nice concerto to play behind that, you know. Yes, Sammy's equally responsible, but, but don't fool yourself, kid. Sammy was steering that fucking ship the whole fucking time. It was Sammy. Not Eddie. And, and, and the same way it was back in the day. I mean, Eddie played these amazing guitars, but Dave's the one who always pushed it here or there. You know, Dave always won out. And when Sammy was in the band, Sammy won out. Yeah, you're right. You're, you know what? I never thought of it that way, and I have to give you... Uh, I never looked at it that way. And yes, Sammy Hagar was more... Because Dave was like, come on, man, you're a guitar player, not a keyboardist. Right. So, you know, with uh, I'll Wait and Jump, you know, that was pulling teeth. Where Sammy was like, yeah, uh, after you're done doing that uh, that little keyboard solo, I, I'm nice and lubed on my butthole for you, Edward. Yeah. Uh, you know, alcoholism is a progressive disease. It just gets worse. So I think Sammy ended up having even more control overall than, than even Dave did. Because, you know, Ed was just getting worse and worse and worse. And, and, and then, also, you got to remember, Van Hagar was chock full of love songs. Van Halen was chock full of fuck songs and it was more right. real. It was real because back then Eddie was cheating on Valerie. Uh, Dave was fucking, you know, it was never a fucking. Then he joins up with Sammy Hagar and they're talking about, you know, I love you, baby. And uh, love comes with walking and all this bullshit. And they're both still cheating on their wives. That shit's phony as fuck. Even with the, the message behind the music and the people writing the music, that's poser shit. I'm sorry. That is total poser shit. Fuck Van Hagar, dude. Everything about him was fake and flaccid and bullshit. Yeah, exactly. But we're here to talk about, uh, in my opinion, the true king, David Lee Roth. Uh, By the way, Ian, I I, I got to cut you off, and you're gonna like why I cut you off. By the way, okay, all right. Now, you know how you do on the on the group page? You got to answer a question because I saw people leave like. One right, one guy wrote Sammy Hagar, and I said, "Okay, you're gone." Then another guy wrote Gary Sharon. I'm like, I don't want a douchebag like you that thinks you're funny when you're not funny on the page. Right. So I deleted him too. I, oh, you know, I, he yeah. didn't mean Gary Sharon. He just said that because, hey, look at me, I'm funny and cutting edge. I go, yeah, we'll be funny and cutting edge somewhere else. Yeah. And by the way, yeah. Ian came up with that question, not me. I'm just, uh, I'm just riding his coattails on this one. <laughs> oh shit! But. uh yeah, so here we are, 1991, uh, A Little Ain't Enough. You ready to get into this one? Yeah, sure. You want to take the first track? All right. Yes, I will. Uh, a classic. I, I love this song. It's not without its faults, though. Um, awesome lyrically. I love the riff. And to my ears, it's a little bit of a, hey, just just like Paradise work, let's do it again. I like this song better than Just Like Paradise, but uh, once again, I think it's killed by the keyboards, and I, I, I think he picked a horrible producer for this album, And but I see why he did it. Uh, you know, even though Skyscraper was a success sales-wise, uh, there definitely was a, dr- a drop-off and a backlash, and hey, man, Bob Rock was hot as fuck around this time, 
you know, look at what he did with Mot look what he did with Motley Crue. He took a really shitty subpar Motley Crue record, and and then it became a fucking sensation. Uh, you know, this is this is right. You know when, you know, cock rock was at its absolute. No matter even what you think about cock rock, by '91, cock rock was the absolute at its worst level, at its worst fucking level. Uh, you know, there was still cock rock coming out, but it was so like a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. Um, Thank God for Kurt Cobain. And, but, but, but man, it's, it's a great song, but I was watching your review. Uh, after I listened to the album, I watched your review on Vieira Vault. Oh, YouTube shit, I should have. I don't even remember I did that. I did one for this album? Yeah, yeah. I should have watched it. Yeah, and it's very entertaining. I love now, all now, your now, now, now I'm gonna fucking say stuff that I didn't. That, that's opposite from the review. Watch, I should right. watch the goddamn review. Right. Well, I well I can tell you because I just watched. It. I can tell you what you said. All right. Yeah. When I say something, then please correct me what I said on the review if I say something different. Will do. Will do. But uh, but yeah, I I mean I love this song. Great lyrics. The the video was amazing. Uh, but you even talked in your review. You know th this thing got banned. And if this video would have got released in the 80s, it would have been as classic as fucking, you know, California Girls and fucking Yankee Rose. It was in that, it was in that realm. It was a Dave video. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, it, was, it was Dave to the T. It was so funny and full of hot chicks. But this is at the time when all of a sudden that's not cool anymore, you know. It's like, oh, you're, you're a sexist, you know, you're this, you're that, you know. It's like, it's like no, you have to be depressed. Snowflakes well, killed this album. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's great though, man. But the production and the keys, there's a lot of this shit I listen to. It's like, God damn, if Ted Templeman was here, he would have reined this shit in, you know. Or or I just think about how much better it'd be if fucking Van Halen was playing behind it. Then uh, I mean, he really has a hodgepodge on this record, you know, more so than even the other ones, because there's all kinds of different. Riders, different people playing on it. That kind of keeps it from having a cohesive flow. Like, you know, Eat Him and Smile, you know, you have that band. And you have Ted Templeman and you have well-written songs. And everything goes together. Skyscraper, you lose Ted Templeman. You add too much coke if there's such a thing. Uh, you know, and you get those results. And this is a bunch of goddamn hired guns. And, and a producer that's just trying to tell you, I know what they want to hear on the radio, babe. Trust me, you know, and just kills it. This is a song with better, better production, less keys, uh, would would stand up amongst the best that Dave ever did. But between the production and the keys, it keeps it from legendary status. But I still love the song. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a classic and a half. It's a one of those great summer songs. Uh, yeah. up there with the, like the Van Halen summer fun uh, you know and uh, if this single was the follow up to Eat Em and Smile it would have catapulted Dave's career but by the this time he wanted to you know uh, do something different like we said earlier because of the commercial failure of Skyscraper no matter how well it sold uh, the backlash of it killed him Kill, I mean just put his career on all Right. Uh, but here's the thing that uh, I don't I don't think I mentioned on the Vieira Vault or anything. But you know, listening to this album recently, I also realized a big factor why this failed, and the same reason why uh, Skyscraper failed. 
Dave should have kept wearing that 1986 wig because his hair was, I mean, dude, the skyscraper hairdo was fucking, what the fuck was that shit? And then here, you know, he's embracing his baldness and he has his hair combed to the side. Very long hair at the time, but you can see the baldness and dude. I, I, I like the comb over on this actually better than the skyscraper hair. But not, oh shit. I mean, that goes without saying, but I'm just saying it's not, you know, people would embrace the wig better than this shit. You know, the wig look was, was much better. You know, that's why Edom and Smile, I mean, come on. If Edom and Saw came out and he had this hairdo, uh, I don't think it would have done as well because of the 80s. The 80s people listen with their eyes. We know this. This ain't no fucking, uh, you know, uh, fucking uh, news to anybody. But, um, you know, Image had so much to do with the success of hard rock bands back then. And I, I, but, you know, back to this song. When this song came out, I, I was dating this really cute girl. And she was young, but so was I. <laughs> So I was kind of like of age, but she was very young looking, but she was very, very beautiful. And this song reminds me so much of her because uh, when I first started dating her, this is this album just came out. And and this song was always like, you know, I'd always think about this chick and like listen to the song. I can't wait to see this girl because, you know, like, you know, I, I shot, I kissed her and I shot across the lake and shit like that. Um, you know, it's, you know how when you start dating someone, everything is perfect. As it always does until it rears its ugly head and turns into not such a nice girl as she was in the beginning. And even though she, believe me, I, I've had much worse. I mean, compared to the Guns N' Roses girl, she was fucking, uh. she was great. Uh, but it, it's it, it's a great song when you know uh, to come out when I first started dating this girl. We got here's the first girl I actually moved out with. I mean, I, I mean moved in with me. And um, yeah, I remember. I just remember cranking this song a lot on my on my car, going to work and coming home from work in the beginning. And yeah, I can't wait to see this hot girl that I'm living with, you know. And uh, we had a lot of good times. She loved this. She loved this album too with me. You know, she was cool. She was a rocker chick. She was a cool chick, man. I don't know whatever happened to her. I'd like to meet her again. I like to, you know, <clears throat> you know, like uh, put my fingers and penis in her one more time. Uh, I already like her better than fucking. Uh... Chinese democracy cunt because she likes Sammy. She did. She did. And we had a couple arguments over that shit. Uh, but um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, that's what I think about a Little Ain't Enough. All right, so let's go into the next one. And I already know you don't like this. This has everything you don't like, I'm sure. <laughs> but I love it. The horns do not bother me at all. And you know, that's a rarity. Uh, yes, it's total Aerosmith. But I love the other side. I love when Aerosmith did those horn things, same old song and dance and stuff like that. It, you know, it's pretty much the same type of horns. I do admit he sees what's working for Aerosmith at the time and wanted to go that route with this song. But it has that Dave swagger. But Aerosmith had swagger as well, so it's hard to outdo Aerosmith at what they started. But this song gets stuck in my head from time to time. Not as much as another song on here that really gets stuck in my head a lot. And uh, songs that get stuck in my head makes it a great song to me. And I really do love, love, love this song. Shoot it. I think it's great. And I have no problem with the horns. And I have no problem with Bob Rock's production of it. Now, Ian, the flip side. Fuck this shit and fuck these Aerosmith horns. God damn it. Uh, now, this is one on your Vieira Vault review. You mistakenly said this was written with Greg Golden. It's uh, the next song that was written with Greg Golding. 
this one, as well as the previous song, were actually written with Robbie Neville, which uh, those those of you 80 kids will remember Robbie Neville had a hit with C'est La Vie. <laughs> and uh, I think it's such a weird, uh, you know, partnership that he hooked up with. Dave. Well, weird and not weird, because Dave's taste is all over the place, and I happen to love that song, C'est La Vie. But uh, this one, oh, God, that's Fucking horns, man! Take away those fucking horns, and and, and the overproduction, and I, and I think you got something here. But man, with those horns, just fucking kill me. That being said, though, I think if this would have been released as a single back then, I think it would have done well because that shit was fucking working. People were loving that. Air- well, people who didn't know '70s Aerosmith and just like the '80s Aerosmith were eating shit like this up. You well, know. whoever picked the singles of, on this album after Little Ain't Enough was fucking clueless. Good songs, but not sing- this is more of a single. Yeah, yeah well, I can think of another song I know. I, 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 I think they just went into panic mode after Little Ain't Enough to yeah. explode like they think. It's like, oh, ah, shit. You know, and, and, and I, I'm guessing it was probably more the record company, uh, you of know, course. back then. But, uh, yeah, it, there's a good song buried in this. Like, this is something like got you know 86 of those fucking horns bring on ted templeman and van halen and i think you got a good song here but with what you got presented right here i'm just like oh man i hear this and and all i can see is fucking you know steven tyler i'm sorry and it, it just it, it it doesn't it doesn't fucking work even though great lyrics and as always with dave there's great fucking lyrics throughout every dave album and and, and this one in particular but God yeah, damn you know, it. yeah, the lyrics on this album yeah. are some of his best. But I oh. will say this too: I'm a big fan of Pump. Other than Love in an Elevator, Jamie's Got a Gun, I love that whole album. So maybe that's why I dig this song a lot. Well, like, like, hey, dude, I got, I love Other Side, and that, and that's fucking horntastic. But I do yeah. love that fucking song. But you know, you know, Dave doesn't need that shit. Dave needs. Eddie Van Halen, a fucking midget, and a bottle of Jack. <laughs> you know, and he can accomplish anything. Uh, you know, and, and he's missing those right here. Yeah, like we said earlier, it's him trying to look. Let me do something different. Yeah, let, 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 well, let me do what's selling, because i got to beat these fucking assholes yeah. by any means necessary. And, and, and by him second-guessing himself, you know, other people heard this shit like they just weren't buying it, you know? I, I remember vividly when... when both, you know, this and fuck came out in the same year. You know, just people, you know, I, I was one of the uh, the first guys that, you know, had a car back then in high school. You know, so everybody's driving around with me. I'm driving to every party. And I, I'm playing, you know, both this and fuck. And everybody wanted to hear fuck. And no, nobody wanted to hear this but me. You know, I'm just I'm just such hardcore Dave. Everybody else is like, eh, put in that one that's on the radio, you know, and I'm like nobody else was into this but me, and and that's you know Dave sh- just should have been fucking Dave, uh, but yeah, you know, fuck shoot it. I mean, I mean it's not horrible, but it ain't fucking. It's not gonna set the world on fire either. But then we go into Lady Luck, which uh, yes was written by Gray Goldie, and I don't know whatever happened here. I don't know if there was a point when he was considered for the. For the guitar playing slot for Dave, or if this was just, hey, let's uh, collaborate and write a song. It's the only one on the album that's that that Greg Goldie uh, wrote, and I'm sure glad he didn't join because you want to talk about a boring fucking guitar player. 
I mean, I, I love Dream Evil, but that's about it. With no, yeah, I, I don't hate Greg Goldie at all, but I do agree. He's not yeah. Dave Caliber. He's not no, no Vi or, or Becker yeah. or Halen, you know? No. And, uh, you, you know, and, 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 and you mentioned this. This has a little bit of... Uh, the man on the silver mountain vibe to it. You said that in, in your uh, YouTube review, you, you can't mix Dave and Richie Blackmore. <laughs> you know, that's like fucking, uh, uh, chocolate and tuna fish. You know, it just doesn't, it doesn't go together, but it's not a horrible song. It's all right, but it just shows you how, man, he's just throwing shit at the wall and sees what sticks. But, uh, I like it better than shoot it. I'll tell you that much. What do you think? Nah, I like Shoot It More, but I like this song, uh, and it shows, man, Craig Goldie's a total Richie uh, Blackmore fucking, you know, nut swinger, because his, his whole style, there's a lot of Blackmore in his uh, playing, as you hear in Dream Evil, even Dream Evil, the song Dream Evil has that Man on the Silver Mountain vibe to it, you know, that kind of riffage. Uh, I think Dave sounds great in this song. It, yeah, it does not sound like a Dave song to me for some reason, kind of slow-moving rocker. But unlike something like, you know, like Take Your Whiskey Home, that was also a slow, slow moving rocker, um, it, it doesn't match that greatness and that vibe. But I still really like this song. I mean, it's not one of my favorites on here, but it's one of those that, you know, I can hang, but eh, whatever. Okay, the next song, Hammerhead Shark. This is the one that's always in my head. If there's ever a song that stuck, gets stuck in my head, it's this one. I love this one, but it's pretty goofy, I'll admit. It has that fun Dave element to the lyrics. Musically, you can see where he was heading on the next album. Because there's a lot of uh, little uh, uh, filthy little mouth vibe to this with the, you know, the, the bluesy slide guitar. Uh, you know, and again, Dave is trying to break away from his signature sound like he did with Skyscraper. Because uh, he saw it was working for Sammy, Sammy Hagar. And... and uh, a much better change, but I, I'm convinced Dave did not go forward due to his hairstyle. Again, I'm going to bring up his hairstyle a lot. You know, fa uh, fans were superficial back then, and he should have kept the wig from Eat Em and Smile. That skyscraper hairdo killed his fucking career. But Hammerhead Shark, again, it's not a Dave song. It's a, it'll fit better on Filthy Little Mouth, way better on there. And it's a fun song. You know, it's a good grooving song, but as far as like, you know, the fiery, you know, epicness of Diamond David Lee Roth, no, this is not a Diamond David Lee Roth song. That's what I feel about Family Show. You know, looking at it objectively as music-wise and, and separate the artist from the song, I think it's a great song. It's goofy, but I think it's a great song. That's right. Shark sandwich. Shit sandwich. This is fucking horrible. This is some fucking horrible... Finish what you started, fucking chicken picking, fucking bullshit. God damn, do I hate this fucking song. That's probably probably my least favorite song. And that old bebopalula fucking. Oh my god. I love god. that part. That, oh. That's the part that gets stuck in my head. Yeah, but you like you like that fucking Elvis fucking shit. Yeah, well, you like Primus, so fuck I, you. I, yeah, I love Primus. Yeah, there you go. And I love Elvis, so fuck you. Oh, no Elvis, man. no Beatles, bitch. Yeah. Yeah, but we still got Primus. Oh my God! This is fucking. Oh God! Do I we hate this? We still got fuck? Elvis. Oh. He lives it, in the hearts of millions. Oh God. Oh, this this song is fucking apprehensible. This, this could be. The right. fuck is that? It's my phone. All right, sorry. 
Uh, you see, uh, beautiful girl calling me now, but the podcast comes first. Yeah, your ringtone sounded better than fucking Hammerhead Shark. Hey, come on, man. <laughs> it's not better than Primus. Okay, I was a race car driver. <laughs> this, this is fucking horrible, man. Uh, and I, I think this is where he really lost a lot of people because nobody listening to fucking hard rock back then wanted to hear some shit like this. But then again, I, I, I think he kind of looked at, like, the, the fluke uh, success of Finish What You Started and, like, oh, I, I can do that. Now, there's another song on here that I think rips off fucking Finish What You Started but does it right and does it better. But this fucking ain't it. Wait, oh, so you're saying Finish What You Started is better than Hammerhead Shark? Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Two, two, two turds. But is it better? Or, or okay, let me ask you a different question. Do you think it's, it's, it's as bad as things what you started? Oh, oh. Uh, you know what? A big fuck you just to think about it. All right, I'll take the next song. Tell the truth. Uh, crazy, great bluesy song, but the kiss of death for a single and video, uh, which MTV never, never pl- fucking played. Because by this time, it was dead. Third single, I believe. Third video, I know for sure. As far as I know, um, this song, it was performed on David Letterman. And uh, Gone was the flamboyant Dave we all love. He was trying to be a serious artist and just, you know, uh, you know, just try to second guess uh, ma- the mass uh, population. Came out with a ponytail and a hat. Kind of looked like Frank Sinatra. Dave has got to Dave all the time, you know, the big 80s, you know, it just started to wane and, and grunge was coming in, so uh, Dave was becoming a uh, passe, and uh, that's, that's, but that's a whole other story besides the music. It's a cool grooving song. I, I don't mind this song, uh, and I would leave it on the album, but there, you know, one thing I will talk about, and I'll, I'll just bring it, bring it up now with, before. I think a major problem with this album, it's too long. Yes. And, and Dave, Dave's always, up to this point, Dave's always been like 30 minutes and change. Even the Van Halen albums. Yes. They were long, and this album's way too long. And there's songs, and great songs, mind you, I think that should have been taken off this album and added on the next album. Instead of that country duet he did with, you know, whatever the fuck it Tra- was. Travis Tritt. Yeah, oh. that was terrible uh, oh. on the next album. Put... You know, well, I'll talk about those songs later. But uh, Tell the Truth is a cool song, but it's definitely uh, the, the nail in the coffin to Dave's career because uh, fans of Dave, Dave cannot digest shit like this. That's what I think of Tell the Truth. All right. Well, I, I totally disagree <laughs> because I, I, I love this song way better than Amber Red Shark. Oh, I, I didn't say, I didn't say it right. sucked. I love this song. I'm just saying it killed right. his career. It, it was like the final nail. But, but one thing I, you know, I'm surprised you didn't mention, I mean, maybe you're not aware of the song, but this is a total fucking ripoff of Black Velvet by Alana Miles. I don't even know that song. You, you know that, that song about Elvis? Black Velvet is warm southern style. A new religion gonna bring you to your knees. Black Velvet, if you please. You don't remember that shit? No, but I would appreciate uh, it if you kept singing it. Nah, it was a fucking huge... Uh, that, that, that's your homework. Write this down in your notes that you don't have. Uh, l- listen to Black Velvet, then listen to Tell the Truth. I mean, it, I mean, it, 
I, I can't believe it. Well, the only reason I think he didn't get sued is nobody bought the album. <laughs> you know, because, I, I mean, it, you, you want to talk about a ripoff. But I, I love that song, and, and, and I love this song. I think it's great, and I think it's Dave being Dave. I mean, Dave always, you know, took off, did, did weird, different shit. And that's, I think that's part of Dave's appeal is he grabbed from so many different eras and made that shit his own. Well, that's why I said there's, albums that, there's songs that should be shaved off this album. But I, I don't think this is one of them. I think right. this is the one track that should that should stay on the album where he takes a different turn, and it's a great song. I just think for you know for mass consumption, it's terrible. But, right, but well, I think what they did with this is like, okay, Lil Ain't Enough didn't set the world on fire. The second single didn't set the world on fire. So I think with this one. They were just trying to aim at a different audience. Like, okay, let's get the uh, adult contemporary. You know, maybe maybe Dave's not cool to the kids anymore. Let's go after the adults yep. and, and, and try to get this song. And also, the song it ripped off, like I said, I can't believe you don't know Black Velvet, uh, but was a huge hit. I mean, it was a really big hit. It was a one-hit wonder, but... Uh, but it was a, a huge hit nonetheless. Yeah, I may know it. I may know it. In, in, in 1989. So I'm thinking they're like, oh, man, we'll, we'll get that crowd with this one. Maybe we'll bring a different fan base to Dave. And I really think that's why it was released. But it, but to, to me, a great song in Dave through and through. It was released, but it was never heard because MTV never played it. Exactly. Only it, heard on David Letterman when he performed it live. Right. All right. And we go into the next song, the last song on side one. If uh, you're lucky enough to have the vinyl, which I need to get this one on vinyl. I have it on vinyl. I know, you're such a stud. Uh, but Baby's on Fire. My favorite song on the fucking album. Oh my God, do I love this shit. Yeah, you want to talk about should have been a fucking single. But then again, I, I, I mean, I, I, I got to be honest. At this point in time, I don't know what Dave could have done in 1991. Uh, you, know, you know, Van Halen just had the Van Halen machine behind it. You know what I mean? They had the name. It's like an established thing. You know, it's like, like you know, the Stones could put out a new album and and people love the single, but it, it, it's the Stones. You know what I mean? You already have that name. You already have that push. You have all that. But it might not, you know, of course it doesn't stack up to what they did before. But, man, you want to talk about the feel and the soul of Van Halen. It's all on Babies on Fire. God damn do I love this song. And um, sticks out like a sore thumb because it, it, it's classic. It's legendary. I mean, this is fucking A is this day. And I'm surprised because this one was uh, co-wrote with Steve Hunter, who, who uh, you know, co-wrote a lot of stuff on this album but I mean Steve Hunter comes from a different school I mean Steve Hunter you know of course used to play with Lou Reed used to play with with, with Alice Cooper uh, you know played on Aerosmith albums and shit like that he's very much of that ilk not so much Van Halen but man this is Van Halen through and through and it was written with Steve Hunter and Brett Tuggle as keyboard player of all fucking people but this, to me, really captures classic Van Halen sound. Love it. Favorite song on the album. What do you think, Ralph? Mine as well, dude. Best song on the album. I don't know if I said that on my review. But uh, 
You released this in 88 with the 86 wig, and this shit would have blown up. Total Dave all over it. You know what you were talking about later? Oh, he's going against the Van Halen machine, so it would never, like, you know. Yeah, I agree with you there, but I also think that, you know, with the wig and a killer, you know, a little ain't enough type video to this song, um, it could have remained like how Megadeth is to Metallica. There's still a lot of people that love Megadeth and they sold a lot of fucking records. They just never released the, uh, matched the machine of Metallica. And right. I think Dave could have like kept that Megadeth kind of fan base because this album, it just alienated a lot of people. And no, you know, who would listen to this album and hear Babies on Fire? You right. know, when they hear shit like Tell the Truth and, you know, and uh, whatever. So, um, <clears throat> But you know, you know, I would call this bingo if I even call it all. I'll pretend I'm G.I. Joe, yeah. You be Barbie doll. That's fucking Dave right there. It's a smoking track that rocks as hard as anything he's ever done. And uh, I'm telling you, again, uh, with the wig, it would have never been fucking, it would have <laughs> it, it fucking, it would have been great. It would have been a great fucking, imagine a video like this where fires all around and hot bitches. And Dave, like, fucking shaking his ass in front of them and shit like that. Would have been great. All right. I'll make, take the uh, next one. 40 Below. <clears throat> great song, but this album suffers of too many songs. If this was shaved off with some other killer songs on here, uh, you know, it would have been better. Nothing wrong with the song, but save it for the next one. With songs like Babies on Fire to Dominate, he would still have done great. But, you know, the 86 wig is very important as well. But I like 40 Below, but I just feel like, God, you know, there's too many songs on here. And they, they just would have shaved some of these cool songs onto the next album. I think it would have made more of an impact uh, uh, listening-wise. But what do you think of 40 Below? Yeah, it fucking sucks. Shit guitar playing plus a subpar song equals filler. I mean, I mean, this this is filler to the max. And you mentioned it in your review, and I totally agree. This ain't the way to open up side two, you know. You know? But I, I mean, you gotta look back. In, in '91, there was no side two unless you had the cassette. Yeah, Baby uh, on Fire is the way to start off side two. Right, but but I mean, in this day, when I first bought this, I bought it on CD. So you know, this the side one, side two, uh, whole thing was was kind of over by that point. But still, filler is fucking filler, and this is fucking Phyllis Diller. I don't know, man. I, I I ain't buying this. It's it's not horrible. I mean, it's not like a hammerhead shark bad, but it's definitely like why why is this on the album? You know, and this is, I mean, even in the CD age, I mean, this album is fifty three minutes and three seconds, which still isn't bad for for that era. It was gonna get a lot worse where most albums were like seventy minutes long. But yeah, th this one, uh, you know, this one is B-side material and not a great B-side at that. And then, yeah, not a fan. All right, well, I'll take the next song, which is Sensible Shoes, the second single off this album. They made a video for this one that, uh, man, I saw maybe once, twice at best. I absolutely love this fucking song. Now, this is Finish What You Started Done Right. Uh, you know, I, I you know, I think both this and Hammerhead Shark were him looking at like, oh, look what they did there. I, I can do it better. And he can. He did it better here. This is an amazing song with that kind of 
chicken picking kind of fucking you know uh, country rockabilly vibe. Uh, and I think this song is incredible. I see why it wasn't a hit in '91 because yeah, I mean you got to look even finish what you started was three years earlier, but that's a big three years in far as terms of <coughs> you know music and how it was changing. <coughs> a great song, but. You know, a little late. Uh, like, I, this would have been awesome on fucking Skyscraper. But here, it just kind of looks like, okay, this is my version of, of that. And uh, I absolutely love, love, love the song, the lyrics. I love the video. I love all that. But just the, the wrong song at the wrong time. But, uh, but that being said, I think it's a timeless Dave solo classic. What do you think? Killer bluesy song, uh, but this is not what the idiots want out there. You know, I prefer Dave taking a direction like this instead of that stupid, just like Paradise keyboard shit. You know, that is dated shit. This stands the test of time to me, man. But as I said several times, add you know, add songs like this on on albums once or twice tops. You know, to give it that you know like little roller coaster feel. Sensible Shoes is a great song, a great single. I mean, not a great single, obviously, but a great song. And you know what? I don't really think it's that bad of an idea to release this as a single. Uh, as uh, Tell the Truth is a terrible single to release. This one, at least it has kind of like a, a, a catchiness to it, you know, where it's not adult contemporary. It, it, you know, it has the bluesy thing that older people can get into, but it also has that that Dave, you know, wink, you know, in the lyrics. And, uh, you know, you know, what the fuck does Sensible Shoes mean? You know, sensible shoes, ones that'll lead me back to you. Well, I mean, it means, it means sensible shoes, like you make sensible decisions. You'll make the right okay. choice. All right, I got you. All right, so there you go. That's what I think of this. All right, last call, the next tune. Another one that should have been left off the album. Yes. Uh, but I like it more than you. I already know this. It's total Aerosmith Walk This Way type of swagger song. Uh, like 40 Below, it should have been added on the next album. I think it's a smoking song. Just too much information on this disc. Lyrics to this song is total Dave. Musically, I also think it's more Dave than something like Hammerhead Shark and Shoot It. Uh, it's big rock mixed with like a blues vibe. And uh, and I like when it goes into the little section where, you know, it's, it slows down. And, you know, it's, uh, tell me the multiple choice and you know, buy me a drink. <laughs> I, I dig this song, but, you know, I remember, too, uh, when this album came out and I was playing it at my friend's house, he actually turned the the, uh, the the album off during Last Call. He's like, okay, enough, that is Last Call. <laughs> so, I know this, this ain't a song for everybody, but I dug it, but again, it's a song that I would have taken off here, shaved it down, and taken the song and put it on the next album. What do you think? Uh... Well, uh, I'm going to look at my notes, and then I actually added some notes after uh, I watched your review. I put average at best, nice lyrics, but something you brought up in your review that I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, he totally nailed it there. It's a total ripoff of Bump and Grind. Oh, there it, you go, there you go. It, it's, it's basically Bump and Grind with different lyrics, so you, you see him start to repeat himself, which, uh, you know, isn't really Dave's style. You know, he always goes in different... I mean, there's stuff that's universally Dave, but uh, this is him, like, you know... And, and the funny thing is he's ripping off, like, a, an album track, not even a, a single, but this is something he did better. And there's another song coming up 
that I think is a total ripoff of another song that he did. But man, when I heard you bring up uh, Bump and Grind, uh, you know, I was like, oh yeah, he totally ripped that off. <laughs> and one other thing, I forgot to mention it when we were reviewing this song, but I started dying laughing is, uh, you know, when you do your reviews, and, and I'm putting this out to anybody who hasn't checked out Rouse Reviews uh, on YouTube or, you know, you know, looked at those amazing, like the YouTube versions of the podcast, because he puts up all these amazing videos and pictures. <laughs> when you were showing, uh, when you were talking about the song Shoot It, uh, you had a picture of a guy who has the devil from the album cover tattooed on his forearm. And I was like, Wow, Red Schaefer, Brian Schaefer, you really should have got that tattoo instead of that fucking horrible Motley Crue tattoo. <laughs> the Motley Crue looks good, but dude, at the end of the day, you still have a Motley Crue tattoo. <laughs> you Why should've... are you even bringing that up? He doesn't listen to us. I, I know, I know. <laughs> but people who listen to this are going to goof on him. And, 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 uh... and then he'll go and listen to it. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. I'm getting his ratings here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, Brad, Brad Shaper, you're a great dude. I, I know, I know you love some Davidson Van Halen, but yeah, awesome guy, awesome guy. Yeah, get a Van Halen tattoo, not a fucking Motley Crue tattoo. I like Winger, but I'm not gonna get a fucking Winger tattoo. Man. I, I like this Motley Crue tattoo. Yeah, I saw you liked it. I did. I, I thought it was pretty cool looking. Yeah, should have got Alistair Fiend. All right. Uh, so where are we at? Last call. Yeah, last call. Yeah, I, I can see why your friend would would turn this off though but like it was much the same as when you know driving around i got all the guys in my car and shit you know and i'm trying to like push this and like nah come on man this ain't where it's at and unfortunately it wasn't in 91 but we go into a song that is in my top three for this album and i was surprised uh at your opinion of this at least back when you did that review but dogtown shuffle Oh, man, do I love this one. Except for the fucking Paula Abdul keyboards that fucking ruin it. Uh, but I remember in, in this Rockline interview, he was talking about he wanted to write something, uh, you know, very much in, in the line of, like, Mean Streets. And by, by no way does this compare to Mean Streets. But he, he, but he meant lyrically in the vibe of this. And, and you even mentioned in your review about how he was living in a hotel uh when he was writing and recording this yeah. and, and kind of wanted to have that dirty and gritty and get back to like a like a street fit uh, feel, which is funny because none of the other songs have like a, a street feel, feel. You know, it's it sounds like a fucking rock star doing a rock star album. Um, but this one does harken back to like a dark kind of tone. And, and I love that because I love when Dave goes dark. Uh, that, that, that is that is the best when it's like street dave and this is street dave to me and i really dig it but there are there are some keys in this song that are unfucking forgivable but it was of the times but I, I was listening to it today and i even thought like oh my god i could hear this on a paul abdul song you know back in the day i mean that's what's on the radio you know and of course bob rocks would be like yeah this is all the rage Come on, we're gonna, you know, we're, we're fucking Ted Templeman. We'll get you timeless perfection. Bob Rock's like, hey, uh, let me open up Vanity and or Variety and see what's hot today. This was on the Billboard charts, you know. Fuck you, Bob Rock. 
You're not quite as bad as Bruce Fairburn, but, you know, you're damn near close, and I ought to fucking shoot you like I shot him. Ugh. Oh, it was you? Oh, I didn't say that. Uh, but, uh... I, I hope I ended that out. But I, I do love... I, I do love the song, man. It's just... Uh, less would have definitely been more as, as far as pr- production and, uh, yeah, on this song. But, uh, it's, it's definitely my top three w- with this, uh, Babies on Fire and Little Red Enough. So, so I said I didn't like this song? Uh, you said it was your least favorite. Yeah, it is. It still is. But it, I like this song. I think it's a stinky groove that has that dirtbag skank all over it. You know, and like I said in that review, and I remember that, uh, it was inspired of him staying in cheap motels and, uh, you know, just living a really dirtbag lifestyle. I remember seeing pictures back then in magazines of him in that hotel. And it was right. all messy. Yeah, cigarette butts and yeah, bottles. Yeah, wearing and a fucking uh, backwards hat, looking down all fucked up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was just totally living that that life in, in like some skanky part of uh, Montreal, I think, or Canada, somewhere in Canada. And, uh, and, and that's what, I think this is a song that reflects that lifestyle more than any song on this album. Um, but again, this is another one that I would have put on the next album. Really? You know, because there's just too many, you know, you already have Tell the Truth and Sensible Truth, and there's another, you know. I see, just, I, I see what you're saying. It's just too many. It's like, like I said, it's a good song that should have been on the next album. I'm, I'm fine with it being on, uh, I don't want this song to be a race. I, I, I like this song enough that I, I like it. I dig it. But <clears throat> like I said a million times already, man, this song, this album's too long for Dave and Dave standards. Dave, Van Halen, all that shit was so special because it was so short. But there are exceptions to the rule because different kind of truth is kind of long. And boy, that one I love from beginning to end. Right. Yes, even Tattoo I like. My least favorite on there is probably Tattoo, but I like that song. So I'll go into the next one, Hot for Teacher. Well, I mean, Showtime. Uh, Goddamn, this is the most Van Halen-style kick-ass song on here. By far the most Dave-like song on here. Uh, you know, like most of Eat em and Smile, but even faster. The guitar work on this may be the best heard on any Dave album. Yeah, I said it. I'll take Jason over Vi. And I love Vi. I love Vi. Don't get me wrong. But on songs like this, shows me he fits better with Dave. Just like John 5, I thought, fit better with Dave than Vi. But, you know, even though, you know, Dave was already, like, vocal-wise kind of shot on the album. I hate to cut you off, but uh, Jason Becker just blinked five times to say you were wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh, I'm an asshole. Yeah, you are. Uh, And I'm I'm the ego crazy guy on this show. You say shit like that, and and I get the heat. Yeah, we, we do have some dumb fans, I gotta say. Yeah, life isn't fair. <laughs> you know, it's like, it goes right over their head that you wish death and that you shot Bruce Fairborn. No, it's okay. Ralph has a huge ego. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, the solo on this song. I do hear a Vi influence, though, on this solo. Like, oh, I, I hear it on the whole album. Well, no, I don't. Uh, what, the guitar solos? I, I, I I, I hear it on this song. I, I hear a lot of like people trying to do Vi. Maybe that's just the shit that Becker played on. I mean, I'm I'm still kind of confused on who ab- actually played on. Oh, I can what. tell this is Becker. I can tell a uh, hundred miles away this is Becker. 
And uh, it's a great song. It's it, it's awesome. I love this fucking song. Total Dave. And you don't hear no, you know, kitchen sink in this shit. This is, you know, stripped down Van Halen type shit right here. Showtime rules. And I made a killer video for it. Yes. Yes, you did. Um, I, I like the song. To me, though, it's like, didn't you just do this on the last time with Knuckle Bones? Oh, that was terrible compared to this. Knuckle Bones, you want to talk about kitchen sink? Those terrible keyboards on that song. It's a good song, but dude, compared to this, it's it's it's, it's shit. But I I just consider it like Knuckle Bones Part Two. Uh, yeah, kind of like you know. Uh, it, well, then you know, I don't know. It's a better sequel then. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I mean I mean I like them both, but it's just like you know, at this point in the album, I want you know something new or something different, and it it seems to me kind of like you're starting to hear rehash the same way with like with last call it's like yeah it's a bump and grind you know this it's would like, have been a great opener for the album actually. Uh, I, I, I I do agree with that I, I think Little Ain't Enough is I mean an amazing song I think it could have been a great second track yeah yeah no no I, I agree with that I, I don't hate the song it's just like I feel like I've heard it before you know you know what I mean uh, yeah I think more of Hot For Teacher and I never thought of Knuckleball I don't know. I just kind of, I, I kind of got that vibe. Like I said, I don't hate the song, but it's like, at at this point in the album, especially in a long album, I just want something to come along and save this shit. And 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 I don't think it's this. It's not bad, but it's not like, oh man, here's that one song that's going to turn it around and make it a hit. And this ain't it. But I but I dig it. Uh, that's about all I can say. All right. How about dropping the bucket? Dropping the bucket. Good song, but so late, who gives a shit? <laughs> uh, I do. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I do like this song. I, 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 and, and this is one of the ones, like, going back and revisiting it. Uh, this is, like, the forgotten track, to, to, to me at least. I mean, because a lot of these I remembered. I either remembered why I loved it or why I was like, oh. You know, but this is one, like, man, I forgot about this one. Uh I, I think it's a great song. I think it's a good way to end the album. I really do. I just think there's so much filler in between that it, it kind of loses the impact it could have had. You know, if you would have shaved, like, two, possibly three songs off this album. Possibly uh, four. You know, I, 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 I dig it. I, I, I really do. I, I think it's, it's a total album track, and, and this is one I think if people go back and re-listen to this. Oh, I forgot to say Kiss is on this album. So people listen to this shit. Um, you know, <laughs> should have said it earlier. Yeah, yeah, fuck. We'll have to edit that shit out or edit it in. Uh, but I think this is one. You know, people like, oh damn. Either I never heard that or I totally forgot about it. I think it's a good song and a good closer. Uh, it's just in an album that's overly long. I, I hope you're still listening. You know, because I totally get what you said about your guys. Like, okay, after last call, it's done. It's easy to miss dropping the bucket because by the time it gets to it, your attention is waning. Uh, true, true, very true. So, so there you go. Uh, a good way to end it. Uh, I, I, I got fond memories of uh, of the show. My my baby mama, my my ex wife bought tickets for this, and uh, it was extreme and Cinderella opening up. I saw Cinderella, but I didn't bother going to see Extreme. 
Oh, well, in the video, you said you didn't see either. <laughs> no, I, was it Cinderella? Yeah, I saw Cinderella. Well, no, you said you said you you said you thought it was extreme and winger. It was winger. It, we didn't get Cinderella on that one. I don't think. Yeah, I saw I, I saw Extreme. It was Extreme's. It was the Porno Graffiti Tour. So who did I see? I saw Extreme. I saw Cinderella at the Miami Arena. Now I don't know who they opened for, but I oh no, they headlined the Miami Arena. Uh, That's when I saw Cinderella there. Yeah, I, okay. I saw it was Cinderella on the Heartbreak Station tour. Yeah, uh, that's the headline there. And actually, that's I think that's the only time I ever saw Cinderella. And Cinderella was amazing. Oh, they're, they're, that's a great band, dude. Even they, live, they were they, really they good. They were really good. I even, thought, even that shit I don't like after the first album, I still could hang yeah. with it. Those songs sounded better live. I, I I thought Extreme sucked, you know. My, my, my wife, well, I mean, we were in high school at the time. We weren't married yet, but... Uh, you know, she enjoyed it, of course, because they played that more than word shit. Uh, but uh, I thought I thought Cinderella was amazing. You know, when Dave came out, and it was it was great. It was a solid show. He he mixed the solo shit with the classic Van Halen, and uh, you, you know, I'll, I'll never forget it. It was my first Dave. You know, and, uh, it was a, it was a good time. But this is an album that, like I said, I played a lot when it came out for like a month or so and then I just went back to listening to Van Halen <laughs> you know like, like the real Van Halen shit and uh, you know it wasn't much as a you know a, a, a kick you know in the teeth as fucking your, your filthy little mouth I remember when that came out I was all like oh yeah wait till you motherfuckers hear this and I'll never forget there was some special on fucking on Fox and I, I, I can't remember like Pauly Shore was like the host but you know they debuted uh she's my machine and stuff and it was like debuted on fox on a friday night like nobody was watching and i was like oh man what's happened here uh but yeah this what a, what a decline i know there was a lot of shows that were half sold My mine was fairly well attended the, the, the tour canceled by the way from lack of ticket sales did it cancel i didn't know yeah. that yeah it did but again, you know, I was at that time I was in the Chicago market, so it's still a, you know, anybody worth their salt plays fucking, you know, New York, Chicago, and L.A. Those are. Like, no, I did play here too, though. It was one of the last shows I believe when the tour was here. Yeah. Scrapped it. And and I can't remember, you know, who because back then you, you didn't know shit, you know, there was no fucking shit. But I, apparently it was Joe Holmes. Yeah, Joe and, Holmes and uh, what's his face that played did, on the album. Did Steve Steve Hunter did the I tour? Think I, I don't know now. Yeah. I have the tour book that has everybody's name on it, but now I, I don't have it handy. Well, okay. Right. What I, I think about dropping a bucket is, I, I boy, I, I love this one way more than you. I mean, it's one of my favorites on here. I think it's an amazing way to end the album. That swagger and Jason Becker is just killing on it. Like I said, I love Vibe, but Becker on this album proves he's superior to me, especially on this song. The solo he does on this song, holy fuck, dude. And again, different for Dave again, but this one I, I would not omit from the album. And that solo is a prime example, you know, why Becker was a freak of nature, man. He really was, you know, I know he gets a lot of attention because of his, you know, his uh, Lou Gehrig disease and stuff like that. But believe me, I, I have the Cacophony albums. I, I was into Jason Becker way before he even, with, even met Dave. So when I heard he joined Dave's band, I was like, oh my God, yeah, fuck yeah. Because I've always liked him more than Vi. He's like, well, you know, one of the better shredders out there, I thought. 
and uh, <clears throat> and but this song also has that vibe of one fool uh, born a minute or whatever it's called from a skyscraper, right. which which right. is my favorite song off skyscraper. But again, uh, like what you were saying earlier about whatever the fuck song, Bump and Grind, this one is a much better sequel. It's musically amazing, it's top-notch, and it's an amazing way to end the album. I really love Dropping the Bucket, one of my favorite songs on here, and definitely uh, J- Jason's shining moment on the whole album. Great way to end it, you know, and great way to end Jason's career, because at this time, he was already diagnosed with it. And he, he actually finished the album with, you know, with that problem he was having, you know, and by the time the tour came around, it was really too late. But uh, love it, I and mean, what a sad story. But you know, what what an amazing uh, spirit Jason Becker has, because he still writes music with his eyes. You know, he does this thing with his eyes with a chart thing. If you haven't seen uh, what's it called? I ain't dead yet, or something like that. Yeah, documentary yeah, on him. Good, good movie. Amazing, amazing. You really like uh, feel for the guy, you know, and he's he. He should have been dead years ago, and he's still alive to this day. You know, it's amazing. It's an amazing story, and ama- and it shows you what a true musician he is. You know, with his, you know, he's pretty much uh, in a jail cell, and he's still writing music, going beyond the Call of Duty. He even does classical shit now. Just an amazing, amazing artist that was cut short way before he should have, and uh, it's kind of like a, La- a Randy Rhodes story, you know, in a different way. But yeah, there you go. That's my thoughts on Dropping the Bucket and the album in general. I actually love this album. I'll put this over Skyscraper any fucking day. There you go. All right. Well, this was released January 15th, 1991. Uh, And believe it or not, yes, it did go gold. But, uh, you know, it's like Dave fans went out real quick and, and, and that was it. Definitely didn't bring any new fans and uh, according to Wikipedia, it sold so bad that, that Jason Becker faked Lou Gehrig's disease uh, just just to get out of playing with Dave. And he's still yep. doing it to this day. Yeah, people <laughs> dislike me more than Ian. You heard it here first. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, yeah. poor bastard. All right, but uh, yeah. People get more offended at me like being rude to you on the podcast than you like... Making fun of a guy that has Lou Gehrig disease. What the fuck? That's because I, I got a baby face, you know? <laughs> it also makes me feel good that, okay, you you dislike me and not dislike Ian, then uh, an idiot dislikes me. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I don't hate this album. I definitely don't like it as much as you, Ralph. But I hope, hope some people go check it out because, hey, it's better than Van Hagar, so there you go. But then again, so is Mr. Mister. All right. Uh, well, how about pick of the week, Ralph? You got a pick of the week there? No, let me look. All right. Well, I have one. The second album from COC, Animosity. Oh, I got that on vinyl. Came out in 1985, and this is a very different beast than what most yeah, people know from COC. Crossover. Yeah, yeah. This is way, uh, you know, before the Pepper Keenan era, and. Uh, I gotta admit, I, I came on board with the Pepper Keenan era and went back. And at first, I didn't get it. I was like, ah, ah what the fuck is this shit? You know, but as I got more and more into, uh, you know, hardcore and crossover and shit like that, uh, you know, I went back and listened to it today and I absolutely fell in love 
like what a really cool fucking like uh you know it, it, crossover is a great word because i mean there's definitely elements of punk but there's there's some elements of like early thrash and it's just it's a really neat record uh mike dean uh or is it mike no yeah mike dean the bass yeah, player dean, yeah. is, is singing on this one Right. And 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 I really dig it. I like his vocals better than the original singer who sang on Eye for Eye, Eric. And then they got uh, what, what's his name, Bob on uh, the Technocrosity or whatever the fuck it was called EP. Uh, but I think Mike vocals fit really good and just a great. You know, if you like like uh, the first Suicidal Tendencies, you know that is definitely you know more punk than it is metal. Give this album a, a, a spin, man. I, I really think it's good, and man, I was just, I was glad. It's it's so weird that you know, or I should say, it, it's rare that I just pick out something like that, and uh, and I'm glad I did because it really made my morning, and I really fucking enjoyed it. So, corrosion of conformity, animosity. That is my pick of the week. All right. Well, uh, I, I I'm here looking at iTunes, and I look at the corner of my eye. I'm like, oh wait, no. Let me pick this because I just bought it, and I have the CD in front of me. It's a band called Blackthorn, and this was released a long time ago, though. I have um, it. Never listened to it. It's an album. Uh, it's called Afterlife. I don't know if they have more than one album. They might, but uh, this one has Grand Bonnet on vocals. I bought this at the recent Grand Bonnet show. I put this CD on on the way home. And I'm like, holy fuck, this is like really awesome. It's heavy, but it has kind of like a little bit of an AOR tinge to it, but it's still very heavy. And I'm listening to this guitar player. I'm like, God damn, I can't wait to get home and see who the fuck is this guitar player because he's amazing. Turns out it's that cocksucker, Bob Kulik. Um, and he's great on this. Bruce Kulik does a solo on here too. Um, wow. I was very blown away by Black Thorn and... Uh, I just saw Graham Bonnet uh, as we recorded this. It was just a couple days ago. And uh, he played nothing from this because I know I know every song he played at that show. So unfortunately, he didn't play none of this. But you know, then again, I wouldn't have known it. But uh, man, what a great, great album. And you can tell it's Graham Bonnet singing, but he does a little bit. He makes his voice a little rougher. But then when he does those, you know, those powerful, you know, those belting out things, that's when you can tell it's Graham Bonnet. But... It's different, but it's awesome. It's an amazing fucking album. And uh, yeah, uh, and, and if you don't mind, I'd like to do uh, Fan of the Week. Oh, that'd be perfect. All right, Fan of the Week. <clears throat> this guy thinks we're gods. He, oh, always talk, he always says, you know, you guys are the best goddamn podcast. And you guys rule. His name is Gabriel Vallejo. Yeah, we made him Fan of the Week last week. <laughs> we did? Yeah. <laughs> well, fuck it. Let's do it again because of what he just did. You know, oh, yeah. You're oh, aware of what he just did, right? Oh, yeah. I loved it. I loved oh, you it. heard it, huh? Yeah, I heard it's it. It's amazing. I mean, did you see the video I made for it? Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. He, uh, on the Vieira Vault, uh, I did a, a goofy rap when Eminem did his anti-Trump rap. I kind of, like, did a parody of it where it's not anti-Trump. It's not anti-anything. Uh and uh, but I just you know pretty much mimicked what he did, but you know with my own rap and I talk about King Diamond, Black Sabbath, Jesus Priest, etc. And uh, he did a hip hop song remix and added my vocals because I did the VR Vault with no music, like Eminem. You know Eminem did it, you know freestyle with no music. 
and he added this hip-hop type shit to it, and it's fucking hilarious. I was like, dude, you fucking rule, dude. So, yeah, I definitely got to make him uh, fan of the week two times in a row for that, for going beyond the Call of Duty on that shit. Thank you, Gabriel. You are fan of the week. He's going to make another rap song of me slamming Sammy Hagar. <laughs> yeah, uh, I told him we should get together when I go to Nashville and record something. If you want, I'll even write the lyrics to it. Yeah, you just, yeah. You know, you just rap it. You know? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I got I got mad skills, yo. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You can tell I do too. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh oh, my ego showing. My ego. <laughs> my my. I already got my rap name. It's Lazy. I want people to like you more, so therefore I want people to live there. <laughs> Hate me more. <laughs> oh, you're so original. <laughs> Idiot. All, All right, right, so uh, let's get into the plugs. Let's do it. Earpeeler, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpeeler.com to find out what we're all about. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's, Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K, 8 p.m. U-K time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. Hey, rock music fans, this is Terrence Reardon of the Terrence Reardon and Friends Audiovisual Podcast. Join yours truly as I look every week at a different classic rock or metal album that had a major impact on my life, and I'm usually joined by a friend or two, or ten, and we talk about nothing but great classic rock and metal. And there's no country or Sammy Hagar or rap on the fucking show. That shit is frowned upon with yours truly. So if you want a great classic rock audiovisual podcast, tune on in to the Terrence Reardon and Friends audiovisual podcast. New episodes every Monday, exclusively on YouTube. Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Vieira Vault, featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Vieira Vault on Podbean, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn it. Tired of your long commute and boring work day? Well, join Brian Davis and his gang of movie buffs as they talk about a different movie subject every week on Damn Good Movie Memories. We discuss movie themes like our favorite movie villains, favorite soundtracks, and worst movie remakes, and much more. Check us out on iTunes and Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. From New York. Hey, 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 hey! What up, bangers? From North Carolina. Skitter pal, meow meow. This is Bushy. And the mountain. Tune in every week for your listening pleasure only on the plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man. You can find us on Podbean and iTunes. Thank you very much. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... You'll love us. <laughs>
That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at DecibelGeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll, and it's always free. This is Ian Wadley, Wadzilla from Wadzilla's World. Do you want to hear the greatest, most eclectic show on the internet? Show up for the best in hard rock, heavy metal, classic rock, funk, soul, and anything else I deem necessary. Wadzilla World, only on Cranium Radio, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Be here or be a bitch. (coughs) Music's most diverse podcast, starring Luke Innes. Greg Sims Bootlegs and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addicts and iTunes. The True Alternative Podcast. Hey, Headbangers, you want your own radio show? Well, you got it. On Thursday nights here on that metal station, join me on the Dr. Fuck Show. Go in the chat room and I will make you my co-host. That's right. Everybody that joins me in the chat room, I discuss whatever you guys want to talk about. I'll mention your name. I'll say what you say. And we're going to go back and forth. And I'll even fucking play whatever request you want. Unless it sucks, then I ain't playing it because my show rules. And only songs that rule is allowed right here on that metal station. The Dr. Fuck Show airs live Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. Hope to see you there. Well, no, no, fuck that hope. I better see you there, motherfucker. All right, well, if you enjoyed this Dave-tastic episode, and I hope you did, come back next week. What's it going to be? I don't know, because right now we are taking a lot of detours, because we don't give a fuck. Yeah. That's something uh, I didn't talk about it, and a lot of people don't listen to this after the plugs. But the people that do, uh, they they should hear this. Uh, we're gonna change this this show a lot. I mean, we're gonna still cover the bands you know and love as we always do, but we're also gonna do episodes of shit that never gets talked about. And me and Ian are gonna take turns. One week is his pick, the next week will be my pick, and we're gonna go back and forth. That's I think will make this show better for us, for me and you, Ian. Uh, and if people like it, uh, they'll ride along, and that's who I want listening to us. Like I said, I've never been a numbers whore, and now you're starting to see the light on that's fuck right. numbers. You're, you're, you're seeing the light with me. So let's make it a labor of love. Because there's a lot of times people say, yeah, you never review this band. I know you love that band. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, I mean, the people, I don't know whether the people dig it. And I'm like, fuck the people that don't dig it, you know? Yeah, we don't make no money off of this, and only four of you went to the fucking Rock and Pod Expo, so fuck it. We do what we want. All right, well, we'll see you next week, right Bye. here at the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Yep, and as Ian mentioned, no guest. <laughs> no fictional <laughs> guest next week. We scared him off. Yeah. All right, later. Bye.